podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 385th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call, we have Andy Patterson and Gabe Lewis going live on YouTube, 8 o'clock every Sunday. See the boys in the chat already, the Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes over on patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. Anybody listening during the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, welcome to you lot as well. Amazon are doing podcasts as well, apparently. We have to try and get it on here. Why don't we? Leave a five-star review. Nothing less than five stars will be acceptable throughout the whole month of August. How are you keeping, Andy? Everything okay in your neck of the woods? Didn't know bad, mate. Um, haven't seen a great deal this week, to be honest with you. Uh, total casual central for me. Uh, I had a wee bit of the Belarus card on in the background on Monday, I think it was. I think I had a few cards on this week. Uh, never seen much of the fight camps uh, stuff. Switched on it briefly in the hope that some pyro maybe set Eddie's house on fire. Um, you know, this week's just been a complete wash in terms of interest for fights for me and stuff. So, uh, no wonder Frank Warren's trying to break bread with Eddie at these, these points. Maybe try and get some meaningful fights put together. Polly getting the bullet for showtime. Linares slaying me, baby Garcia on Twitter and YouTube, etc. You've had the wee dig at uh, Teofimo Lopez over the Lomachenko situation. So even though the action hasn't kept my interest, you know, some of the news has, has kept me kind of, you know, up to date and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose we're going to fill on a wee bit. That's the, you know, the wee bit of action I did catch in that that I recently found out that the guy he actually beat up on actually failed a brain scan or something like that. I need to go and, you know, double check that. But uh, aye, so uh, all in all, it's been a, sh- a shit week for, for action as far as I'm concerned for boxing. Yeah, not too bad. I don't think you've seen a lot either, Gabe. Uh, Gabe, uh, just have you, I think you've logged in as the Boxing Asylum, the same as me, haven't you? These comments coming up and I'm thinking, I don't remember writing that, so it could be coming from me or you, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, I think I am still. I, I fucking forgot to sign out the last time that I was in. Everything okay other than that, yeah? Yeah, you know, just had to clean up my deer heads on the wall earlier, make sure they were nice and clean for if we have guests out in the middle of the sticks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not much going on out this way. It's hot as fuck. Yeah, it's pretty warm here as well at the moment. Let's get on to fight camp straight away. What's, I'm not sure how much... What is it there? Um, I'm not sure. I'd say it's probably touching about 20, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's about 23 <laughs> here, actually, but that's warm for us. What is that in, in, in Fahrenheit? Oh, I don't know. About 6,000? <laughs> <laughs> I hear twenty, and I'm thinking Fahrenheit, and and twenty Fahrenheit here is cold as shit. But it's about seventy five, I think. Oh, I fucking hate you, bastards! It's like hundred and five here. My God, it's fucking it's terrible. That's, that's, that's like what? What's that? Forty odds? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't do. Comfort. I must be. I'll leave you to it. It's crazy though. I remember Gabe whenever I went on my honeymoon to Cyprus and Egypt, it was touching 38 some of the days and it was that hot. The locals wouldn't work in the day. You know, the guys doing the scaffolding and the building and that and they had to come out at night and that was absolutely roast your bollocks off weather. So I feel for you, whatever the hell. If it's over 40 over there, Gabe, then good luck to you. Hottest I've ever been in was Xi'an in China. 44 degrees, man. It was insane. Too much for me. Gabe's enjoying himself anyway. We'll come to the PBC shortly. I don't know if you saw it or not. I did. Enjoyed it, actually. Let's start with Fight Camp. There's there's fireworks outside of the ring. Not too many fireworks in it. Although, 
of a bit of humble pie to eat in the main event. I didn't give Natasha Jonas any chance whatsoever of upsetting the Terry Harper hype train. I thought she boxed really well, Jonas. I thought she won the fight. She was a you know a justifiable winner. She outmaneuvered Harper. Harper looked a little bit one-dimensional coming forward, trying to land the big shot. The two-minute rounds didn't help either. She was starting to get desperate and frustrated as the fight went on. There was a cut to Jonas, but she was catching her with those shots on the inside, pulling her towards the ropes, landing the better shots for me. And I thought she was a worthy winner. I didn't expect her to win. The jury might be out on Terry Harper now after that one. Uh, on the undercard, Andy, you saw Chris Billum-Smith knocking out Nathan Thorley. Wasn't sure about Thorley going in. Uh, he had a few. He had a he had an unbeaten record. He was fourteen and zero, but he fought a lot of the usual suspects, Latvian bin men, and that. Billum Smith can definitely punch, yeah. and he's an improving fighter. Uh, tell me about that first before we go on to Fowler. No, well, as it says, mate, not really much to kind of write home about defeated, uh, undefeated, untested fighter. Um, you know, done what he done, I suppose. You know, just you know, break him up, smash him out. Um, it was just I'm just going through Twitter trying to find that comment actually about the about the brain scan about the Fowler fight. I think it was uh, Craig Scott. I think he likes works for um, Boxing Social and stuff and Boxing Monthly. He says that uh, he last fought was it under Sunder two years ago. He then retired after filming a routine brain scan, saying the risks were too great. I want to remember my own career. And then he gets mm. put in with, with Fowler there last night and just, well, whatever night it was and that, and just gets an absolute beating. What was it, six, seven rounds that lasted? Um, as I say, Bill Smith, you know, he did what he had to do in that. And um, I think he'll, he'll go on basically pick up the British title at some point, I think he will. Um, well, he goes on for there and that, we'll wait and see, but um, it's not really like an ad, mate. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I'm no, I'm not going out my way these days to watch boxing if it doesn't interest me or if there's no fighter there I'm not interested in seeing and stuff and as I said these last week and that, and I'm not coming across as some sort of arsehole or hate and that, but I'm not wasting my time on this. This is this is trash. This is what it is. It's trash. I, I just told you there, you know, what Fowler beat there. Um, women's boxing holds no no incentive for me. Um, you know, I see the two the two and three minute round argument debates all of a sudden being cropped up on Twitter with the mainstream media and stuff. Um, you know, all this stuff. You know, Gareth A. Davis, like Dave Lee got involved in that as well. Put uh, Gareth A. Davis in his place. Um, yeah, I mean, I heard Canelo was quite uh, satisfied with the performance here last night. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is, man. End of day, um, even next week's card. I think I'm the only thing I'm really looking forward to in that card is maybe seeing how John Dockery gets on, um, and then we'll wait to see what we get served up between Dylan White and and, and Pavetkin. And obviously, again, mate. I mean, I, I maybe jumped ahead of ourselves. Not, I'm, I'm not really adding much debate here the, to the actual card and stuff. But um, Eddie's wanting to have a chat with Frank uh, after his cards and that are completed, which will be what, the end of August, I think it is. Mm. Um, so. Hopefully, they, you know that that remains in place, and we can get some you know decent domestic fights going on. Maybe get Buatse against Yard, for example. You know, people will be kind of wondering what's happened with Buatse. Um fights like that, for example. So we'll wait and see. But uh, hopefully, you know, it's, it can only be a good thing that these two can actually kind of break some bread and you know just just put the egos to side and you know, get some business done because he's, he's a bit struggling. You know, you know, Eddie's got like six months left on, on the on the Sky deal. The zone's breathing down his neck for you know for probably action fights and you know get get something on the go. He's got something in America next week, I think it is. Uh, another you know the uh, two women headlining that card. Uh, Frank's claiming he's got all the you know the big time deal and all that sort of stuff and that as well. So maybe he he senses a slight weakness in Eddie's position at the minute with Sky and that. So it might be the right time to try and get a deal struck and maybe you know, safeguard his fighters and get him you know get his fighters Eddie's fighters. Sorry. Um, maybe more exposure and if that's going to be on BT then we'll wait and see but um, 
as I say, mate, I'm, I'm not going to wait to watch his cards and stuff. I forgot about the Showtime card and that, which is you know, probably a pretty poor excuse for my part and that. But I'm sorry, but none of these fights are holding my, you know, my attention at the minute. And um, it's just purely done, done to the, the current situation. Until we get fans back, we're not going to get the big fights. I mean, Lopez is knocking back Lomachenko. Haney's apparently put his name in the name in the ring now as well for that fight. Uh, so I think we'll maybe hear something later on this week, hopefully, what's happened with Lomachenko's fight, which I think they're aiming for sometime around about October. So, mate, that's that's where I'm at the minute with boxing. Mm. You know, you know, Hearn's cards, Hearn needs to up his game. People, uh, I, I, last week as well proved one thing to me, was like, it was all promoter-supporter. You know, oh, hey, well, Eddie put on the best card, that, uh, anything better than what Frank's put on at the minute and stuff. I said, look, I don't give a fuck about shows. I want decent fights. And, you know, I've said it before, mate, accidental value again last night because the, the, the two women put on a war, so to speak. Eddie's wanting a rematch, so is it accidental value that we got again there last night? I don't know. I didn't watch it, but, you, you know, some guys can tell me how, how, how it went then. But, um, no, I'm, I'm a bit done with it, mate. I'm a bit done with it. Yeah, Boxing's First says, I thought Harper looked nervous as hell. I think the war of words put too much pressure on her young shoulders. I, I thought that as well. Sky were giving her the build-up. Obviously, the, some of the things they're saying in the background weren't necessarily true. I thought it was interesting during the fight where you had Joe Gallagher in one corner, Steffi Bull in the other, and you could hear them shouting, and they got louder and louder trying to outdo each other because there was no crowd. They were trying, to, I think they were trying to impress the judges. You could hear Joe shouting, oh, good shot, good shot. And then a couple of seconds later, Steffi was like, yeah, that's it, that's it. They were trying to land punches almost on behalf of their fighters. So I thought that was quite an interesting dynamic. But yeah, the, the, the standard of fights has to, has to go up. If they're spending millions of pounds on this, they don't want to look where their money's going, I suppose. Boxing first throws in as well. Should have been stopped at the end of the fourth. The Fowler fight was getting difficult to watch, especially with the brain scan news. Yeah, it was. It was. I was talking about the fights that were getting difficult to watch last week, actually, and, and this is another one of them. Fowler, for all his faults, is a power puncher at British title level, and Harper clearly wasn't. He had no punch whatsoever. Give him another round, the corner kept saying. Give him another round. Give him another round to do what? They just wanted to go the distance. He was showing that he was a tough guy, but he was too tough for his own good. Talking to people too tough for their own good, the chat is full of them. Ricky Gravel's there. Welcome to you, Ricky. Daniel Keane, Lee the Alcoholic Frotch, Khabib's Hat, High Guard Plodder, Jim McDonald. Just get through a few of the 4,000 here. Trading leather boxing, AZ or AZ. Don't upset anybody. You know, it's like these days. Stephen Merchant, Chris Bray, Hawker Mustang. I haven't seen you before. Welcome to you, sir. Jay Marriott. Let's have a look down here, shall we? That's it for now. Uh, yeah, so uh, what about Fowler then, Andy? Um, I think you pretty much summed it up, haven't you? Adam Harper couldn't punch. Fowler was batting him around. You want to see the Fitzgerald rematch? Maybe. What about Fowler against Ted Cheeseman? Could be something, Andy. Well, I'm sure Fowler mentioned that, actually, as well. As I've been, okay, it's, um, it's, it's a decent fight for that level, and that is the level that Fowler's at. Cheeseman, probably the same. Um, so, yeah, I dare say Eddie will probably kind of like look toward that one as well at some point. Um, whether Fowler deserves, I mean, he's no British champion, is he? Uh, Cheeseman, but there's one of the IBF belts he's got, so yeah, uh, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, end of the day, it's, it's, a, it's a decent domestic fight as such, guys on summer levels, and that. so yeah, get it made. Um, it's, I suppose it's got all the ingredients of a war, I suppose, in that as well. Um, who'd I favour? Maybe Cheeseman at Nickelton points, probably. Yeah, be an interesting one. Uh, just going down the undercard, Hopi Price defeating Johnny Phillips. Didn't really see too much of that one. Wasn't that fussed on it. And of course, uh, Fiaz was supposed to fight Kane Baker. There were some kind of issues over that. Fiaz pulling out sick. Baker, I think, maybe said he didn't want it. I think that would have been a tough fight for, for Fiaz, actually. But you have to just take it at face value. We've seen this happen in the past. Obviously, you had the Josh Kelly-Avanessian situation. Jordan Gill 
uh, could have pulled out and didn't pull out. You know, you don't know. If Fias says he's ill, then I suppose you just have to take it as that. You've got Quigley as well pulling out against Cullen. Maybe he thought something else was coming up. Um, did you see anything of the Fias thing, Andy? The fiasco, you could you could call it, in fact. Just come up with that one there against Kane Baker. If, if someone says no. they're sick, then you've just got to pull them, you've just got to pull them out, haven't you? You know, that that's that's what I think. Never 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 seen the situation, mate. Sorry. Right, Gabe, let's move on to state side, shall we, to the PBC. I know you didn't get to see a lot of this. I actually watched both of the cards this morning. Tom Brown, promotions on Fox. Thomas Delorme, he's a good fighter, Delorme, actually. I know he's had a few losses on his record. He was doing well against Terence Crawford a few years ago. Managed to get to the 12th round here. I saw an ESPN feed where, I think it was Barboza Box on Twitter, had it a draw at the end, 115 apiece. I thought Jamal James was a, a fair winner. The scores came in at 117, 111, 115, 113, and 116, 112, all in favour of James. I think he's an exciting guy. He's not the best in the world, and he's going to come unstuck against better fighters, but he has a good gas tank, good engine, can throw plenty of shots. And he did a good job against Thomas Delorme. Have you seen anything of James? Uh, how far do you think he's seeding his game? Um, I haven't seen enough to really give much of a say. I didn't watch the show last night. Uh, just, I just really honestly didn't feel like it. Uh, just wasn't really bothered by anything on the card. Um, I mean, typically, I'll watch just about all of it that I can get, you know, as long as I have access to it. Um, a lot of times, I'll know, I'll be familiar with uh, one person on the cards that I, you know, have a vested interest to watch because I'm somewhat of a fan of their uh, particular um, style or what have you. But I didn't give a shit about anybody on the card, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I really wouldn't have a good say on how, how on the semen of, uh, of James at this point, just because I don't think I've seen enough. Um, I mean, I may have seen more than I'm thinking, but I, I feel like right now I've only seen a couple of fights of his. Um, and, you know, like you said, he's not tremendous. I mean, he's not going to be a, a, a top guy of any division that he's in. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he give a lot of people run for their money. And like you said, Lorme is a solid guy. He, he definitely, again, not a world beater, um, but definitely a solid fighter. So, uh, you know, just didn't fancy anything that was on the card, so I didn't pick up on any of it i'm just kind of uh a little bit tired of just the bullshit cards I i'm ready to see some some really good matchups you know and we're not getting them because i think part of the problem is that uh you know they're not getting the money from ticket sales and so that makes it a little bit harder to get two good guys in because they're getting paid so much that they don't want to face each other for less money which i think is a problem um because really right now the sport, it, or well, maybe in the month or two previously, it really had a chance to be big, you know, because there was nothing else on. But now we've got, uh, in the States anyway, we've got basketball back, we've got baseball back. So I already lost the opportunity that was there to present itself in a really positive light. Um, all it was was mismatches, and, you know, now it's just kind of middle-of-the-pack shit. You know, it's this is this is – an example of what I would expect to see on the zone uh, with one of their cards. You know, I, I typically the zone does have a few good fights um, throughout the year that they, you know, put on, but uh, this is kind of their primary shit. You know, those main cards that they're always having on just it's middle of the road. You know, I, I don't give a fuck about that anymore. I'm tired of watching it. 
Tottenham down from Gabe. Yeah, Jamal James lost to uh, your Dennis Ugas in 2016. He's had a few decent wins since then. Donut Dan, you might remember him. Uh, Diego Chavez managed to stop him. Majority over Abel Ramos. Nobody really has an easy night with Ramos. And then that last fight with Antonio DeMarco was really exciting, but I think he took a few too many shots. And against someone of DeMarco's level, that's maybe a bit of a, a warning sign. Vacant interim WBA world welterweight title was on the line. So some congratulations to James if he's calling himself a world champion. Also, interestingly on that card, I don't expect you to talk about it, Andy, but I thought I would mention this. There was a super middleweight called David Morell. I'd never heard of him before, but he fought a guy called Lennox Allen. Allen was 22-0-1. Uh, Morell, fighting for an interim WBA super middleweight title, won by scores of 119-109, 120-108, He's only 2-0, Morell. He's now 3-0 uh, with two knockouts. Cuban, 22 years of age, took on this guy, Allen, with 23 fights and won an interim world title. He looked really impressive, threw a lot of shots, gassed out a bit as the fight went on, as you'd expect. But apparently, I think he was a gold medalist in the Olympics at some point. Osvery, David Morel Gutierrez, he's, he's called himself David Morel, a super middleweight. I don't know if you've got any interest in him, but I mean, he's going the Lomachenko route, world title, quote unquote, in his third fight. That's good. I was Cuban, so I dare say we have a couple of national titles and stuff, especially if he's getting fast track like that. Who, who was promoting that card last night? Just out of interest. It's PBC. Tom Brown. He's like a proxy promoter ah, for right. Heyman, isn't he? Right. Take a wee note of that. And then, then just for something kind of so super middleweight. You said a Cuban yeah, super, super middleweight. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But apparently, yeah. Jeez, I'll be going to check that fight out then when it uh, when it hits a uh, hits the torrents and stuff. Yeah, Torrance are a bit weak at the moment. That's a discussion for another day, Andy. Do you want to go over to Spain? Not literally. Be a bit too hot there for the likes no. of us. Uh, John Carter, the most unspanish name in history against Ebon Larinaga and Kerman Lejaraga, getting a win over Tyrone Nurse, who's starting to rack up the defeats now. Uh, John Carter also looks like he's non-Spaniard now. He's like, he's whiter than me, man, and I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> pale blue. Um, aye, so that's like a rematch, for amateur, amateur uh, rematch, I think it was, uh, John Carter picks up the vacant WBU, uh, WBU, sorry, EBU, that's secondary tier European title, uh, eight round stoppage, Kermin uh, Lehara, pretty much, you know, had it his own way really, you know, nurse, you know, apparently he'd be struggling to make the weight, he was a bit cagey like he normally is and stuff, and probably had these slight pockets of success, um, but in the end, it's just, um, Lehera was just you know, strong, thrown hard punches, and that really just kind of like set set the tempo, really kind of made made himself the boss and that. So, um, does I, I don't know where he's at at this point. Actually, I suppose I mean I like to see him kind of like who's the European champ at that that way at the minute? It's still Avanesian. He should be, as far as I know. Yeah, um, so I really, really yeah. any any anything along those lines at the minute. A bit. Um, yeah, I think uh, he's reached his ceiling, I think, to be honest with you. Like middleweight, European level and that, which is, which is decent. And Nurse, that's new, what, four defeats, five defeats in the spin now, I think it is. So clearly a kind of confidence, but with the plus he's a non-puncher. So he was he was, he was, was no threat to Leharaga, but um, clearly just kind of getting some rust off and that, just to see where he's at and that. But um, I don't know what we'll do with him next and stuff, but uh, I don't foresee him kind of getting past European level at this point anyway. They must be... I can't see much improvements from him, really, to be honest with you either. So we'll wait and see what he does next. Yeah, just on Avanesi, and he's still the European champion. He had a fight in December 2019, defending first-round knockout against Jose Del Rio. I think that was maybe some kind of non-title thing, but he's been out of action for about eight months. He's floating by Avanesi, and now isn't he maybe missing his ceiling for no fault of his own as well, to a certain extent? 
Josh Kelly, I kind of backing out in the fight, and then obviously the you know the fight was set, then we had the, the pandemic hit, and then obviously Kelly's not going up and wait. Was it was he going to like middleweight? I think now, eh? Oh, has he moved well, up and all? Yeah, aye, but it was, they were I'm talking certain. about it, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were moving up and wait. Um, they wouldn't, aye. So again, I think it's a shame for Avanesian really because. He had opportunities sitting on the line there for him to as well, and it's just you know, no fault of his own. Um, he's been shafted as such, you know. One is a pandemic, and one's just like you know, Adam Booth being the fucking Dark Lord and that, just kind of pulling out at the last minute, which was a bloody shame because I know a lot of guys had a lot of money in that fight, but really kind of thinking that Avan was going to do the business. And uh, it's at this point in his career to just like you know, when, you, when you're in that crest of a wave and that, you know, you want to kind of keep that momentum going, and it's just, it's just be shot to pieces. Look at the momentum rolling. Joining us on the call, first guest of the evening, it's Rob Tebbett. How are you, Rob? Hello, Stephen. Good, mate. How are you? Not too bad at all. Keeping well. We are talking about a fight camp earlier. Were you all over it? Oh, I don't know about all over it. I was sitting down <coughs> eating a kebab while I was watching it in my living room. So, <laughs> um, I watched the fight, yeah. I, I watched the show. Um, obviously, wasn't there. Um, yeah, watched it. What about Harper Jonas, their main event? Uh, pretty good stuff. Undercard as well, wasn't it? I don't think it was the strongest. It'd probably be the weakest of the four overall. Yeah, I think so too. I think um, Chris Billum-Smith and Nathan Forley always going in. That was always going to be heavily weighted um, in Chris Billum-Smith's favour. Naturally, the bigger guy, Nathan Forley, not long coming up from light heavyweight. Um, I don't quite know how he made light heavyweight. I mean, he's not quite filled out into cruiserweight, but he's still like 6'4", 6'5". But I thought Chris Billingsmith boxed very well, um, but he was kind of, you know, he was a heavy favourite going in, but did the job in a couple of rounds. Um, Anthony Fowler and Adam Harper was one-way traffic um, for a lot longer than I cared to have watched it. Um, I thought it should really have been stopped after four rounds. I thought Fowler showed some good improvements under um, Shane McGuigan. But there wasn't an awful lot coming back at him. Obviously, the tests are going to come for Fowler when he's at, you know, fine Cheeseman, Fitzgerald rematch, or even somebody like Sam Eggington or the winner of Kieran Conway, Nav Mansouri. Um, yeah, I thought that fight went on a bit too long. Um, to just touch upon what we were talking about earlier uh, about the brain scan of Adam Harper, mm. um, Kieran Smith, obviously uh, another 154 pounder, was due to fight him. And um, I was on a Zoom call with. Kieran a couple of weeks ago and Kieran said that yeah he had a brain scan come up I think I'm not sure what exactly was wrong um, but there was something that essentially made him withdraw from the fight and sort of mini retirement really and then came back and yeah that was his first fight after two years so for me in retrospect especially um, it kind of makes the corner work that little bit more difficult to understand if you know that somebody's gone through that and you know been out of the ring for two years then I think I thought he took some some needless hammer for a few rounds. Um, Hopey Price, again, relatively one-sided fight. Johnny Phillips came, had a go, made it, tried to make it a little bit rough for him. But Hopey Price pretty much saw it out for out. Um, I think if it was going a couple more rounds, he might have been able to make more of a dent in Johnny Phillips. Um, but yeah, the main event was excellent. Really, really good fight. Um, a lot more competitive than than I'd anticipated going in. I think similar to a lot of people. Um, I was really impressed with Tasha Jonas, but I was quite disappointed with Terry Harper. I thought Terry Harper against Eva Wallstrom boxed a lot more of a smarter fight. I thought she, she you know, she was, yeah, she thought about things a lot more there. Whereas I think I feel like she got sucked into fighting Tasha Jonas's fight at times. So I thought it was really, really good on the inside. I felt like Tasha Jonas landed the 
the eye-catching shots throughout. Um, I had it for her for a couple of rounds. Can't really argue with a 95-95, I don't think. But, um, but yeah, I, I felt Tasha Jonas won the fight. But it was a great fight, um, which not a lot of people expected going in. Obviously, Terry Harper was you know, Canelo's favourite fighter. She's going to go in there and she's going to do this <laughs> and that and, and what have you. But I thought Tasha Jonas boxed, boxed very well. Yeah, I agree with your assessment of the main event. I thought uh, Jonas did, and she dragged Harper into her type of fight. Uh, regarding the access point of view, obviously Frank's had shows, Eddie's had shows. You obviously work for Boxing Social. What's the deal with access? What um, what have you been told You know, going forward, how this is all going to plan out? Have you been given any assurances or anything? Uh, no, no assurances. Um, I think everybody is somewhat at the mercy still of the guidelines from the British Boxing Board of Control. I think they're very, mm. very stringent. Um, we saw early Frank Warren shows it was like watching something from like a futuristic like it just looked completely crazy um but I think they're going to start potentially relaxing them but we've had no assurances or, or you know kind of idea as to when or if we'll be um going to fight camp or the BT studios but to be honest I mean I understand that you know if you, you start inviting a couple or two or three and then Everybody wants to come, and that's just not possible under the under the guidelines. And at the end of the day, it's you know, it's taken long enough for us to get boxing on as it is. And I feel like the the board have had to go in very very weighty with the with the health and safety restrictions. Um, and it's just meant that yeah, unfortunately, no place for us, which is obviously not ideal. Um, I'm about done with Zoom interviews, I think. But um, mm. it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like organising a wedding, isn't it? You let one cousin come, you got a little more. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, I understand that's not possible. We've gone down to um, to fight camp on a couple of occasions to to interview Eddie. Um, obviously, the fighters are in quarantine by then. Um, I think Eddie has to come out of quarantine and then get a um, maybe another COVID test or something. I don't know how he does it, but he'll come out, do the interviews and then go back into the bubble. But, yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's there's not really any plans for us to cover any shows at the shows anytime soon. So we're kind of... You know, just doing the best with what we can, still covering the shows and the build-up. Um, spent the last couple of days trying to chase up fighters for Zoom interviews, which isn't really easy because they've spent the whole week in quarantine. So they just want to just not sit behind the phone or a laptop mm. and, and do an interview, which you have to respect. So it's um, it's it's just like anything throughout COVID. There's, there's new obstacles and new ways that you have to try and work and try and, you know, still do your job, which is ultimately to cover the fighters and cover the shows. So... Yeah, Yeah. talking about Eddie and Frank, we briefly touched upon this earlier. We'll, we will discuss it later as well. Obviously, Frank sent out the email looking to get it on. We've had Billy Joe Saunders fight John Ryder on Box Nation in the past. We've had Bradley Skeet against Sam Eggington. Maybe one or two fights might slip through between the two. Are you hopeful that Eddie and Frank might get something together? Uh, um, <laughs> I'm hopeful that the mandated fights might come off. Um, mm. But outside of that, I mean... I think, I think some of them are just wholly unrealistic, and you have to question kind of the motives behind suggesting those fights. Daniel Dubois is not going to fight Dillian White next in a million years. It's no. just not going to happen. It makes no sense. So that kind of, I've interviewed a few people who have kind of pointed to that as kind of a weird starting point to to go off. You know, if, if I can kind of picture it in my head now, Eddie and Frank meeting, if that's the first fight they want to discuss. I don't think that's got any legs whatsoever. So that's not really a and that's the most high-profile fight on there. Obviously, you've got Liam Williams and Demetrius Andre that's been ordered. Chris Jenkins, Connor Ben's been ordered, but obviously there's the, the, the kind of 
the back and forth between the two camps even now after these you know phone calls and, and olive branches as such where you know Connor Ben had made an offer for Chris Jenkins to box at fight camp a matter of weeks ago and apparently that was you know wasn't deemed worthy by Warren or, or whatever Eddie's saying about it so again it, it, it's like after after so many months and years of this this bitter rivalry all of a sudden the next week they're going to be friends and make these fights I, I don't see certainly a lot of them happening um i think the, the fight that that does make sense and it also has created a lot of buzz is boatsy versus anthony yard i think that's a brilliant fight and i think that can be made but i mean eddie's already come out and said that you know it's not going to happen this year he said that to andy from boxing social yesterday when they did the interview so how quickly frank wants to get on with things i mean if if they can just have a conversation and it be civil, as in, you know, let's do this again or let's discuss this fight, then that's great. That's a step in the right direction. But, you know, I think Eddie kind of hit the nail on the head in an interview, I think he did with Umar with IFL, when he said, you know, if, if Frank would have just called me up and suggested these things, then, it, you know, it does lend itself more to thinking, OK, he really wants to get it done. And, you know, I see what Eddie's saying with that. You know, if you make a call or, you know, you want to, work something out you give somebody a call right you don't send out a big press release but you know maybe that's just their way of doing it the shock factor and you know eddie's not not shy of making a a statement or two and doing things in public so at the end of the day if it leads to some fights and some cross promotional fights i'm all for it but i do think it's going to be really really difficult that's just my honest opinion i just i can't see a lot of those fights happening yeah, I agree. I'm a pessimist. I don't think they'll happen either. I've seen it in boxing too many times. Unfortunately, politics gets in the way. But you never know. They might uh, reach across to each other and make a few of them. Uh, ben Faruqi, friend of the pod, was telling me that you are the only British reporter to have covered all of Tyson Fury's comeback fights. Any decent anecdotes? Have you found it so far, uh, so far following Fury around the world? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, Different... I don't know, it's difficult to kind of put your finger on it because you're in fight week and you're, you're running around and then before you know it, it's kind of over. And, um, you know, I've, I only see Fury kind of as and when we're doing interviews, which can be two minutes or 15 minutes, you know, once in the week. Um, one story, so I, um, I went to interview him. So I interviewed him in, um, in Vegas and he sort of messed about and was, I don't know, he was stood in front of a load of people and he was kind of being the showman and, and showing off sort of, Thing. The, the interview actually did really well for us. We managed to get a good title and a good fun there, and it did really well. But he pissed about for the whole interview, really, as he does sometimes. He'd done a whole day of media, wasn't really interested in doing me, doesn't really know me. So fair mm. enough. Next time, I would go to do an interview. So it's for the, I think that was for the Schwartz fight, and then this was for the Wallen fight. And I'd kind of made a point in my head of thinking, right, I'm going to get something good with him, because I've never, ever got anything good with Fury until that point. I'd always either been told no or had like one or two minute interviews where he, you know, couldn't wait to get out of there. So it's hard to pin him down. He has done, you know, he's done 20, 30 interviews, just wants to go. So I kind of prepared and, and went through like, okay, okay I'm going to ask this. And if he kind of flat bats that, then we ask that and do a little bit more interesting interviews. It was around the time where everybody was talking about Joshua and Wilder and blah, blah, blah. And he just wanted to talk about himself. So he comes over to me before we start the interview. We were at top rank office and he goes, hello there, Rob. And I went, oh, hello, Tyson. He goes, I've got to give you a good interview today, haven't I? Because I pissed about last time. And I went, yeah, yeah, that'd be really good, Tyson. He said, I tell you what, my brother Shane's over there. If you let him punch you in the face, I'll give you the best interview you've ever had in your life. And I went, uh, OK. 
can he punch me in the stomach? And he went, yep, Shane, get over here. And Shane lifted my shirt up, wound back with a big hook, and then stopped. And Fury went, right, you can have the interview then. And then we sat down, we did the interview, <laughs> and it went well. And then um, it, was a, it was an interview where we kind of talked about his, um, his roots and, and Andy Lee. And funnily enough, the Cronk gym and the time that he spent at the Cronk gym and obviously ended up going back to those roots in, in his next fight after that. And then when I came over for the, um, for the Fury fight, uh, for the Wilder rematch, he remembered that kind of incident beforehand and it was nice. And we'd, we actually had like a, it was a six or seven minute interview, but he was a lot more cordial and he was a lot more welcoming than he had been in the past because I think he realised that I really just wanted to do the interview. Um, so yeah, that's probably my, my Fury anecdote. But I mean, as far as covering him, I mean, it's probably been the best thing that I've, I mean, I have to keep my voice down because my missus is nearby, but it's one of the best things that I've ever done in my life. You, know, you might be getting punched in the stomach eventually tonight if you're not careful. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I can say this. I mean, my missus isn't quite as as powerfully built as um, Shane Fury. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not as worried about that. But yeah, I mean, it's been fantastic. It's uh, from, I mean, went over to the Pianetta fight in Belfast and Wilder coming over there and him and John Fury at the at the way in and then before we kind of even like going over on the plane to Wilder Fury one didn't really still couldn't really quite believe it was happening. We'd seen him look so mediocre in, in his two comeback fights and he was going over lamb to the slaughter in some people's eyes against Deontay Wilder. And it was, you had Eddie every interview going, you know, I still don't think it's going to happen like until the first bell goes. And then, you know, that kind of breeds that around. And, and then obviously the fight itself was, was incredible. Um, we kind of waited for the rematch and it shocked everyone with the SPN deal. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a pretty crazy time covering him. And I've, yeah, I think it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Just to close out on Fury, it's interesting because obviously I'm based in Belfast and we got him for a period when he was with Mick Hennessy, the, the Channel 5 yeah. fights, you know, he fought Nikolai Firth, uh, Kevin Johnson, which is one of the worst fights yeah. I was ever at, Martin <laughs> Rogan. <laughs> so, and he hasn't, he hasn't Rogan. changed. We, yeah, well, that's the thing. It was it was different then because he wasn't obviously the big star that he is now and he hadn't got the higher profile. So you had more access to him and you got more mm-hmm. interviews and longer interviews. But he hasn't changed personality-wise that I can see. He was still the same back then. I mean, he used to come off with some of the most ridiculous things you've ever heard. But it was it was a good laugh back in Belfast then as well. And obviously he's gone on to achieve what he has. But it doesn't sound like he's changed too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an extensive long relationship with Fury. Um, and, you know, so I, I can't comment on, on what I found him like back then. But I mean, he does, he has a kind of weird ability, not a weird ability, I mean, it's, it's just the ability to command the room sort of thing. He's, he's very, very engaging, very charismatic, and he is kind of an everyday man. I mean, whether or not you believe some of the things he says, I mean, he is ever the showman and, you know, dowsing his hands in gasoline and having seven wanks a day. And, you know, some of that mm. stuff's not the most creative genius things that he's ever said, but there are times where, you know, it's usually, to be fair, when the written guys who are the real journalists and actually very good at their job, when they're interviewing him and I get to kind of eavesdrop on the uh, the round table, that's always really good <laughs> because he, he does open up to them. And yeah, he is he is a really, really fascinating character, Fury. It's just, yeah, I think I think probably a little part of me is, is a little bit, not gutted, but, you know, I wish I did know him from a longer period of time ago as opposed to probably the last three-ish years. So... Yeah, I, can't, I can imagine what he was like, but he's still seemingly a, a humble guy. Just final one for you, Rob, before we let you go. Uh, we're big history buffs over here as well. You like a bit of James Tony? What's your favourite James Tony moment, performance, fight, etc.? Oh, favourite moment is probably difficult. Uh, 
That's difficult. Giroff is um, a great fight, wasn't he? The yeah, the Giroff fight. fight's a great fight. I'm tempted to go with that as well because I once spoke to Freddie Roach about it in um, in LA for World of Three One actually, and we were talking about kind of the infamous commentary when he's talking about, and he just go out there and put this guy in his ass like this round. Obviously, he goes out there and he puts him on his ass. Fifteen seconds to go. Manny Stewart's going crazy. Uh, the Iron Barkley fight is just a wonderful performance. Um, second fight of the way, you know, some questions about going in the, against a you know, big guy in Iron Barkley. Iron Barkley, like a heavyweight, boiled himself down to those, you know, middleweight, super middleweight, dangerous guy. And, and, and Tony just stood in the pocket and beat the shit out of him. That was a that was an awesome performance. But I think my favourite Tony fight slash moment, Mike McCallum won the first Mike McCallum fight, which was uh. the draw, was at, like it. I always say to people, like, don't get me wrong, I have nothing against, you know, Gatti Wards, Barrera, Morales, you know, these toe-to-toe action fights, but you get a fight like that where it's skill and, you know, countering the counter and, you know, McCallum's probably slightly on the way down, wasn't quite at his best at 160 and Tony's slightly on the way up still, still not quite the finished article and they kind of met in the middle and I spoke to McCallum about that randomly in, in Vegas and he was saying that, you know, each fight that he, he fought against James Tony, he could tell that he was improving as a fighter and taking little bits from each fight and yeah i think probably that i actually said to mike mccallum i said you know james tony was a great fighter and he said james tony was a bad boy and then he gave me a little dig in the ribs and he said i was a bad boy too and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know mike don't hurt me but yeah so i'd probably say that the first mccallum fight yeah, you wouldn't want to take a dig in the ribs from Mike McCallum. At heavyweight as well, Tony went up there, 40 Vander Holyfield. Obviously, there's question marks about his heavyweight reign because of the PEDs, John yeah. Ruiz fights and all that. But the way he dissected Holyfield, you know, it, it was a masterclass, really. Yeah, fantastic fight. And, you know, everyone always looks back at kind of the gif of him sticking the tongue out and stuff. And everyone always points to the fact that Holyfield was still past his bet, was past his best, but still fucking Evander Holyfield. <laughs> James Tony started his career as a middleweight. So, I mean, like in the Samuel Peter fights as well, like standing there and trading with like a 260-pound Sam Peter is like, you know, considering you started your career as a middleweight, it's just incredible. And yeah, James Tony, don't get me wrong, as a heavyweight, would he, you know, would I pick him against the modern era of heavyweights, the Giants? And probably not, no. But that's kind of the thing with him and Roy. Like Roy went up and obviously did his thing against um, John Ruiz, but... James Tony stood in there and, and traded with these big guys, catching counter. And, you know, I, I think he's a wonderful example of a, a def, an aggressive defensive fighter, which I think people, certainly modern day, will, will look at a defensive fighter as simply somebody who, who moves around the ring, uses a lot of lateral movement, whereas the kind of art of infighting, your James Tony, Roberto Duran, etc., you know, Panel Whitaker, another person who would make mm-hmm. people miss in the pocket and come back with his own counters. I think. That's probably becoming not a forgotten art, but you know people don't necessarily associate that with good defensive boxing. Um, so yeah, that's my my James Tony take. Yes, we'll have a bit of James Tony here. Thanks for joining us, Rob. I appreciate it. Come back again. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. All the best. No cheers. Cheers. Rob Tebbett there, Andy. We'll have a bit of James Tony, don't we? On this, um, I was thinking of the Michael Nunn. The Michael Nunn fight, obviously I was a big Michael Nunn fan, didn't see it at the time, I was too young, but uh, I keep watching it back and thinking, maybe Michael will get him, maybe he'll hold out, he's boxing well here and James Tony catches him every time. Was it the left the left hook or the big right hand? I can't remember, I think it might have been the left hook. I think it might have been the left hook, mate. I mean, obviously, I mean, again, the thing with Tony was uh, if he's motivated and that, he, he, could, he could beat anybody. I mean, in the day as well as... You know, there was talk about him and Roy fighting, you know, months before they actually did face off. Um he was going into that fight, maybe had that that, that topsy turvy fight with 
Prince Charles Williams he ended up in a massive knockout in the 12th round. Um, really kind of close fight in the cards and that. So it wasn't. It was prone to have like say his, his lapses and stuff. I mean, there was that guy, uh, one of the Americans. Forget um, the top of my head at the minute. Oh, it's no Drake. What's his name? It was, it was, it was an opponent that he faced. Remember, and it was like a, a disgusting decision. I think he, he won a split decision and stuff, and he basically booed out the ring. Um, he's, I can't mind what his name is. Is it Tiberi? Tiberi. Oh, Dave Tiberi. Yeah. Worst uh, robbery of all time. Yeah, they do say that. They do say that. Uh, Doug DeWitt and Iran Bartley. Um, you know, Bartley, that point, maybe seen better days. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he, he defied time, got up and wait. Um, did have his, his great moments and stuff. But um, another one who went on too long, took too much punishment. You know, they, they, they do say the best defence is, is a chin that doesn't get cracked. Well, his chin never got cracked as such, but uh, he took a, took a fair bit of punishment on it over the time and that as well. And you see, I mean, he, he never really got budged, really, as, you know, as, or, or dinged up at heavyweight or cruiserweight and that. And uh, just again, testament as to you know that old school you know style that he had, you know, able to defend and you know, ride the shot, ride the power, and then come back with counter shots and stuff. But uh, whenever I hear the name. Uh, Tony and that, you know, the first thing you think about is a, is a facility Yarrow uh, um, fight, it's uh, always the one you think about and this Manny Stewart going batshit mental on the, on the commentary and stuff, it's just one of the great fights Certainly is one of the great fights, we love a bit of James Tony over here, shout out to Ronnie Hussein, friend of the pod, he, he was asking me how you become a friend of the pod, this is it Ronnie you've left a few comments, we love you over here, don't forget everybody as well, the Boxing Asylum is sponsor free, ad free as well, we operate on a a value for value model, I suppose, here, really, if you think about it. So if you think you're getting a bit of value, hit the like button or the dislike button. If you think we're shit, hit the subscribe button, a rating, review, return, anything you can. We appreciate it. Maybe you want to head on over to patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. There's loads on offer, including a bit of this. Yeah, hopefully everybody heard that. I had a few um, mic issues there, Gabe. Hopefully you can hear me loud and clear. Yeah, good to go. I was just going to say, uh, whenever you were mentioning uh, likes, dislikes, so on and so forth, you motherfuckers don't forget we're a worldwide organ of God's damnation. So uh, better watch how you hit that dislike button, motherfucker. Yeah, worldwide organization. Maybe turning up uh, to venue near you soon. Who knows? Maybe a... Uh... A pool party in Lake Tahoe or something. Contact has been made. The asylum could be going uh, California side very soon. Let's get just didn't, what do you think just, didn't invite, just didn't invite Michael Barrymore to the pool party. <laughs> we'll be out of our depth. <laughs> oh, more than that, mate. You can be in the barrel as well. Oh, dear. Uh, hey to Dave's on the call. We'll get to you very shortly, Dave. You are very welcome. Let's shout out some of the Patreon guys, our top-level subscribers who support us every week. We couldn't do it without you. Well, we probably could, but we love you anyway. Uh, Daniel Adams, Jason Cheel, Ryan Deal, John Swan, Jasper, Owen Spillane, Nathan Newman. Not been in the chat tonight, Nathan. Hopefully you're well. Bavid Doyle, uh, Gav, James, Bernard, Danny Young, Ted Barrett, Joe Kennedy, friend of the pod, a regular chat contributor, Martin Swaggy Taggy, and Steve Turton. 
whose uh, podcast dropped on our feed this week. Go and check them out. More names later. The only name you need to know about here is the official voice of American boxing. It's Dave, the hater, low back, live and exclusive in Baltimore. How are you doing, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? I've uh, seen nothing from this weekend. Uh, I'm here to talk whatever boxing uh, we can. You're in good company, Dave, actually, because we haven't watched a hell of a lot either. I have a question for you, though. Done, says Errol Spence. The king of the division is back. November the 21st on Fox pay-per-view. Errol Spence versus Danny Swift. Man down. Hope he's not going to flip out the car again. And hashtag strap season as well. Spence versus Garcia, Dave. See, I saw Spence talking. He, he was bitching about not being included on uh, the cover of uh, Ring Magazine, as if that matters. They put Ronda Rousey on there, for God's sake. No, but he was he was saying I'm why why am I not on here I I'm I'm back from like his accident where but he's not back he hasn't fought yet um, we don't know what he's gonna look like I would lean you know sixty percent he still got it he still got at least enough to handle Garcia Garcia is a very good fighter um, and and I've never liked him so it's not you know. I'm not, I'm not saying that is, okay, you know, a, a Garcia fan or a Spence hater, but I think it's uh, there's a very good chance Garcia actually upsets him here and uh, catches him with a well-timed left hook, uh, breaks his teeth, his, his newly uh, acquired teeth, and uh, sends sends him sends him into the uh, dustbin of history. Into the dustbin of history, Andy. Errol Spence, Garcia. For all of his faults, Garcia, he's a tough guy. He can box. Mm -hmm. We've seen him take lumps against Lucas Matisse and win. He's got a big left hook. This isn't the bum Errol Spence is coming against. You know, we slag Garcia off. He's a world champion. He's a good fighter. You know, we, we can't write him off completely. He's a good opponent. Yeah, he is. And uh, to be honest, I think those... I think I've seen some comments that Spence is going to walk through him. I think people, you know... What are you smoking? You know, what planet are you on? You know, we didn't know what Spence is bringing to the table apart from a belt. Um, you know, in the day is you know Garcia has been mixing around about championship title levels now for how many years, and he's usually either a being competitive or always been in the in the shout of winning the fight. Uh, we'll need to be respected as well. I mean, Spence doesn't want to try and take risks early. I suppose um, we need to watch the counter left hook for Garcia definitely. Um, and again, as I say, is, you know we've no form guide for. Um, for Spence at the minute, you know, apart from like say, you know, his ability to flip cars and ride horses and stuff like that. Um, the other thing as well is at least Danny's had a fight in the last, you know, well this year at least, but he's not been active as such, obviously, over the course of the last year, 18 months or whatever, two years. Porter's probably his last solid fight. Um, okay, he, he lost it, but it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a tough one. Um, and then obviously, I think Spence, did he know then fight Porter later on that same year? I think it was, and, you know, basically kind of pushed all the way again there as well. So it's, it's, it's a decent comeback fight at the end of the day as well. I, I'm sure I read somewhere that uh, both fighters were actually offered a warm, a, a chin-up fight and both rejected it. So, you know, fair play to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, step right in there. And you know, same expense as well. Okay, it's taken a wee bit longer. I think they said they were hoping to get them out by July time. You know, this was like going back a few months and stuff. So it's been, been pushed back to November, which is fair enough because I think he had surgically implanted posts or something in his mouth to try and sort his teeth out and stuff. Surgically implanted tits by the look of it. Yeah, hey, listen. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that in the belly of the week, okay? The best way to crash with him. Oh, baby, man. Hey, what's that with a woman? I, I, I cut that size actually once. <laughs> Jesus, man. You know, he's been getting milked pretty heavily. Oh, my God. 
I see one comment on Twitter, but I can't, I can't throw it out there just now because my, my daughter's kind of floating about, so I'll, I'll keep it clean as much as possible just now. But uh, I, you know, on the fight itself, I mean, I think there's been some people kind of talking about conspiracies. That you, you, you never see pictures with Errol Spence with his hands showing and stuff. Is his hands all mangled up? So we don't know. At the end of the day, there's this, um, as long as we get to November, he's fit and ready, and the fight, you know, basically it stays in place uh, as we know it. I don't know if he's got a venue yet or whatever and stuff, but um, hopefully it goes ahead. And shall I say it? It's a crossroads fight for both guys at this point. You know, even though Spence is undefeated and well, either and uh, a world title holder and stuff, you know, we just don't know where he's at. And that to me, considering he's, he's past problems and stuff, that is a crossroad fight for me. Garcia as well, you know, as I say, is coming back into it and that as well. Uh, a chance at world title. So. I'm not going to pick a win. I'm not going to pick a, a winner at this point, but I do like the fight. Uh, again, as I say, I just want to see what Spence's at and that as well. As I say, fair play to both guys because they could easily have you know ducked it as well. But uh, again, the PBC have got a monopoly on this division, and I don't think they could make a bone fight in the division. To be honest with you, I think they've got Spence, they've got Porter, they've got um, they've got Garcia. Thurman um, will we'll can put a line through him at the minute. I just don't know where he's at at the minute and that, but you suppose you could throw him in there. Um, Vargas, or who got beat off Virgil Ortiz there as well, could maybe be floating about in that as well. Some some some, some decent fights in that. But at some point as well, as you know, there's a name I threw in there, Steve. At some point, you know, the day of reckoning is going to happen. At some point, we'll wait and see. But Virgil Ortiz knocking on the door oh, as well. Yeah, at some we like point, him. yeah, I really do like the look of that guy. So. Um, and to be honest, I think he's ready for any of these these, these other world world title holders at the minute. I, I really do believe that. He's, there's no point in him now fighting guys like say, Sammy Vargas. That he's beat them. He's beat uh, uh, Juan Carlos Salgado. He's beat um, ex world champions and stuff. So put him in there. I think he's ready. 22, 23 year old. Now he's maybe not a, 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 a trash talker. Now, but um, what he does is very, very mechanically sound. Great jab. Great power. And when he cuts loose, man, it's, it's bad intentions. And you just think he can maybe catch like Spence, Garcia and that at the back end of their careers who made their money, maybe not hungry as this kid is coming up and that. But, hey, my God, what's, what power this guy's got, man. It's incredible. Yeah, Gabe, some of the boys in the chat questioning whether Garcia is getting this big payday to sort of come back, slide through, make Spence look good for the Crawford fight. What, do we, what are we expecting from Spence? I've heard the rumours, like everybody else has, that we haven't seen his hands, he's mangled. Surely, if everything's genuine and above board, as we expect it to be, then Spence against Garcia is a good fight and it's a good acid test. If Imagine the scenes if Spence gets past Garcia legitimately and then goes on to beat Crawford. It's going to be one of the greatest comebacks since Lazarus, Gabe. What are we looking for from Spence here? What does he have to do? To impress you, is it a case of just seeing where he's at, basically? Um, you know, I'm I can kind of going into it with not a lot of expectations, uh, just because I don't know what possibilities there are. I mean, you know, the worst end of the spectrum is his hands are no good and brittle, and as soon as he hits Garcia, crack, his hands are just going to crumble into fucking dust. I mean, that's one potential end of it. Uh, the other end of it is, can he take a punch now? You know, I mean. Um, from what we were told, you know, he had minor injuries, uh, such as lacerations and stuff. I can't imagine that he wouldn't have had any kind of trauma to his senses, you know? So, so what kind of punch will he be able to take? Um, there's so many questions that are going on in my head whenever I think about it. Like, and then you have the opposite end where 
everything that people were saying right after that was true or what, you know, what the um, uh, people in the camp were trying to say was that he was really perfectly fine just aside from a few scratches and fucking cuts and stuff. So, like, there's such a huge spectrum of things. I, I don't personally know what I'm looking for. Um, that's going to be like the signal, the definitive sign to me that says, yeah, he's good to go. Um, but I think it's kind of a combination of several different things. What does his, um, his quickness look like? So that to me is going to be a big concern and tell us a little bit about how bad or possibly not uh, the car accident was on his, on his you know, mind-body connection. Um, because I, I would assume that if his brain is in good shape, he can still see it, but how quick is he going to be to, to react and to <clears throat> uh, set his muscles in motion? You know, so that's kind of one thing. Um, I'm ho- hoping to see some quickness. Uh, I'm hoping to see some some solid punching. You know, if he's not committing with his punches, that's not the same spins, and that really takes away what some of his strongest attributes are. Um, you know, Spence isn't really a guy that's going to sit there and. Uh, really mix it up a whole lot into a lot of of off-time punches or um, kind of hold back on his punches. He seems to typically punch with a pretty steady hand uh, as, far as, his, as far as his power goes. Um, but then the one telling thing, and I think this is going to be the biggest thing, and obviously will have a direct impact on the fight, is how does he take a punch? We obviously it can crack, and... Um, if Garcia connects with a hook on him, that's Garcia's best one. Whether it's a left or right hook, he's gotten several guys in trouble with right hooks as well. Left hook is probably his best weapon. But if he if he connects with a hook on Earl Spence, what happens then? That'll tell us everything we need to know in my estimation. Um, you know, because Garcia is a guy that's going to get his licks in. He's definitely going to land. Uh, but I think the question is, is just how clean and what it does in the end. Um, because we've seen, you know, uh, Danny has separated guys from their senses like Khan in uh, several other fights and, you know, what he did to Eric Morales. But we're talking about guys without a, you know, steady chin at that particular point. So I'm, I'm just hoping to see a good solid fight and the best of both guys. Because if we get to see the best of both guys, it should be a pretty damn good show. Yeah, shout out to Al Heyman. He knows what he's doing. Also, Dave, I know you're a big fan of Andre, son of God, Ward. He was tweeting out this week to Eddie Hearn. Bit disrespectful for a great boxing man like Eddie. Ward said, with all due respect to Mr. Hearn, who seems to have a lot to say about everyone else's businesses, should manage his own affairs across the pond and let everyone else do the same. His opinion is not the absolute voice and what's good for boxing. Carry on. What do you think about that, Dave? Ward suggesting that Eddie's opinion is not the absolute (laughs) voice on world boxing. That was uh, specifically related to the to the Jones Tyson exhibition, right? Because Eddie's been uh-huh. talking about it, probably crying because he doesn't have a hand in it. There's no way Eddie cares about you know the health of his fighters or anything. I mean, he's he's done this before, you know. Oh, we, we got to clean up the sport. We would we never saw a drug cheat fight. Oh, well, we look, we got Dillian White and Pavetkin coming up. The big <laughs> the big comeback <laughs> pay per view. I mean, it, it's it's typical for Eddie. Um, and Eddie, what did he, he was he was responsible for Tommy Coyle versus um, Katsidis, right? Yeah. One of the saddest yeah. displays I can remember in a matchroom card. That that was just embarrassing. And this is this isn't much different than that. The only thing is, at least both guys are old, 
um, and both guys are shot. So, <laughs> and it's only an exhibition, eight round exhibition. Who knows? Maybe they'll just uh, maybe they'll just have a little fun. Uh, it, I'd hope it was uh, choreographed by Vince McMahon. I think that would be better for all concerned. But as far as uh, Andre Ward, I mean, he is leagues above Eddie Hearn as a voice in boxing. So I would have to side with him, even though I don't think the fight is uh, really a great idea. So just to clarify, Dave, you're not happy with Roy Jones against Mike Tyson. Will you be there in Lake Tahoe, poolside with us, um, presiding over the fight? Uh, if you guys are going, yeah, sure, I'll go. Lovely job. Hey to Dave Lowe back there. Right, Andy, over in Russia, Saturday the 15th of August, and you've I don't know if you have any opinions on this one or not. Cruiserweight Ruslan Pfeiffer, last seen by me, um, defeating an 18-0 and guy. Also lost to Andrew Tabiti in the World Series of Boxing in 2018. That was the one loss on his record, 25-1. and Going in against another guy who is 11-1, Alexei Papan, who I believe was last seen losing for the WBC title against Ilunga Makabu out in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, so this is in Russia. Ruslan Pfeiffer against Alexei Papa, and that's an interesting 12-rounder comeback fight for the two boys. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm sure it's an eliminator as well for the WBC title at Cruiserweight, so um, well, obviously the winner will probably get drafted in it to fight uh, Makabu, who I think has got the belt now. But yeah, the, that, that Papan fight actually took place on the Kovalev Yard uh, undercard. I remember seeing it. Um, I'm sure Papan got just... You know, didn't get stopped. I'm sure it got dropped. Uh, late in that fight. Yeah, you're quite right, um, Andy. Sorry, it wasn't in it wasn't in Congo. There was another one, Makabu, had in Congo at a point. That was actually in uh, Russia. Oh, is it Machunu? No. Makabu had a fight recently, I think, which took place in Congo. Let's have a look at Oh, uh, the Polish oh, guy. Oh, Sizlak, the Polish guy. Uh, that's right. That's right. I remember, remember watching that. We could, they made up some forests and stuff. Yeah, but I say it's supposed to be a kind of decent enough uh, card, I suppose. Well, it looks quite solid. Shall we say, you know, a lot of undefeated fighters and that. But yeah, I mean, the top of the bill, you know, to be honest, I'm not sold on either guy in that. But, you know, in terms of names, especially for Russian boxing and that, it, sh- it, should do, it should do well. And I'm sure they're allowing fans, into, uh, especially at the football and that, I'm sure allowing fans in and stuff. So they might have a limited number of fans in at this one as well. But yeah, we want to maybe keep a wee eye on because... Um, what else you got? You've got the Hearn card on the Friday. You've got uh, is it a uh, is it Warner or is it somebody else that's promoting that card on the Wednesday, mate? I don't know who's who's promoting that one. Oh, that's MTK, I think, isn't it? It's MTK. So yeah. again, it's, it's slim pickings again next week in that. So if you if you're really, I don't know if he even be available on YouTube, not, but it might be worth keeping a wee eye on and stuff. But I, th- I reckon it'll probably go distance. And I'm going to say Faithor probably does it on points. I think next week, Andy, there's a lot of quantity, not much quality. You'd be picking the odd fight off each card that you fancy. Yeah, well, aye, because end of the day, as this as I say, um, the only thing I'd really kind of hold my interest for next week maybe would be probably Felix Cash against Jason Wellborn. Um, mm. I know it's it's probably a a mere fight in that, but I just want to see. I want to see Felix Cash just to see what he looks like. Um, and uh, John Dockett is fighting. I, I don't know who he's fighting again, but it's. Um, so obviously, Fox. A, I think Ozzy interviewed him on the pod once. <laughs> they, right. Uh, John, I think John won, he won a medal at the Commonwealth two years ago, I think it was, and I'm sure he won one of the youths in that as well, a year or four or two years before that. So uh, quite a rangy southpaw, uh, six feet in that, super middleweight as well. So um, 
be interesting to see how he kind of grows in that because um, you know he seems to have decent power, but um, I just want to see him you know tested a wee, a wee bit and that. But obviously he's at that point in his career where he's, he's going to have these building fights and that at the minute. Gradually go through six, eight, and maybe step into ten rounders before they put him up in class a wee bit. Um, what's on the 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 hangy card? Uh, the MTK card. The MTK card is, let me have a look, John O'Carroll headlining against Maxi Hughes, which doesn't really get me going. Sahir Iqbal and Meredud Thomas have been having a few backwards and forwards. Not really sure about either of them. Sean McComb against Sia Osgore might be okay. Yeah, yeah it, it'll be on YouTube so we can watch it for free. Uh, Carroll against Hughes, the battle of non-punchers really, yeah. She probably got a knockout now for just knowing uh. that as well, you know, probably. But I mean... What's this about Carol Hughes? news to me I, I'm I'm Carol's manager <laughs> <laughs> just ignore him Andy I know I know um, I don't know obviously when we get robbed in the corner I mean Eric Donovan's fighting himself a Barrett and that as well as I mean you've probably have seen much much of much of Donovan as, as such and that but you fancy him to kind of go in there and beat Barrett I don't know. I said it before. Donovan's a good fighter. He was an excellent amateur, but it strikes me like they're trying to sort of get a run in now and they're saying, look, you're going to have to sink or swim. Eric knows that himself. You've got to fight it's somebody. Like Zelfa Barrett's yeah. a strange... Yeah, Zer- he's 35. Zer- Zelfa Barrett's a strange one. I think it'll be competitive early on, but Zelfa's full-time fighter, you know, younger, hungrier. He had that strange career where he had about 16, 17 fights where he didn't really fight anybody. Then he beat that Poxton, wasn't it? And then he beat... No, it's Conway, I think. And then he beat, and we lost to Ronnie Clark. So Zelfa, I'm not really sold on him either. I think Donovan will give him a good fight, but I think the youth and the full-time pro and the, the guy on the way up will probably be Zelfa Barrett and he'll probably beat Donovan. But Donovan's talented. He'll give him problems, I think. Yeah, maybe give him for a few rounds. And that, as you say, if he's part-time and stuff, um, maybe you see Barrett, maybe kind of working it down the stretch. And that. But I agree mm-hmm. with you about Barrett and that. I mean, there's no, like, there's no allegations. It's probably the wrong word in that, but there's no like, say, comments about his dad maybe having too much say in his career, protecting him. You know, allowing him onto bigger shows and then kind of like keep taking them off. A wee bit like like Roy Jones and his dad. You know, he was on on the big shows early in his career and then they got pulled off and he was in, in obscurity for a wee bit and that as well. I wonder if he's kind of having a wee bit too much say in his career and that. But it's um, again maybe just a wee kind of building thing in that as well for uh, for him. But ah, uh, he says them. Um, I don't know if there's any other cards on next week that I might be missed. What's happening in America? Anything for, from there? Yeah, there is something I was going to bring uh, Gabe in on the Oklahoma card, but you can talk about that if you want, oh, Andy. Aye. Obviously, uh, Martinez was going to defend, wasn't he, against McWilliams or Royo? That, that got canned. So you've got Cecilia Bracus against Jessica McCaskill. You've got that Shakram Giasov fighting Francisco Rojo. And Israel Madrimov is going in against Eric Walker. So, I mean, it's all right. It's okay, I suppose. Um, as I say, it's two of the Uzbeks and that. So I'm, I'm high in Madrimov, uh, Giasov. I think uh, the guy he's fighting at the uh, Madrimov and that, I think he's you know well up in age and that probably classed me as a kind of shall we say a kind of club fighter and that. He lost to Patrick Day uh, and I think he lost to Brandon Adams and that as well. So I, I, I suspect Madrimov's probably going to blow through him. Breakus against uh, McCaskill and that. Um, I, I, I might just keep a wee eye on it for the factors a that she's Norwegian and two. I want to see what the weight difference is going to look like here because I think McCaskill spent most of her career either in the division below or the division below that. So, and Brekus is basically a career welterweight and she she, she does kind of like rehydrate pretty heavily in that as well. So, um, yeah, McCaskill that, 
four to Katie Taylor at lightweight. I don't think McCaskill's had an official, any type of official eliminator before at welterweight. So the fact she's fighting for all five welterweight titles is a bit of a strange one. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing as well is I'm sure like Sabrekos was trying to get, um, what do you call Oh, Clarissa Shields uh, into a fight in that. But um, again, I don't know She'd what's happening Too small there. for Shields, you'd think, wouldn't you? Well, Shields I, I think so. middle now. Ah, but she's 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 like that Amanda Serrano, mate. As you know, she's like kind of float between like eight weight divisions and stuff. Yeah, that's the reason why they call her a f- four weight world champion. That um, in the day, I, I think uh, I don't know. I mean, I need to go and go and check the kind of form guide and their weight and that. But I don't know if she could make welter because in the day that is undisputed crown, and I'm sure it's I don't know is Taylor undisputed at the minute, Katie Taylor. Oh, I can't remember. I know she's I think got, so. Isn't she missing one of the titles? I think. I think she's maybe missing one of the titles. So, in the days, you know, she's probably still the only re- remaining or still you know, the, the only undisputed female champion there is. So, it is, it is a possibility for her to go make history, I suppose. Um, um, Mark Castro, um, that name actually kind of uh, rung out to me as well as. Um, I'm sure he was a quite a top amateur back in his uh, back in his days. I think he's an ex US amateur uh, national champion in that as well. Um, I'm sure he picked up a, a title or a medal, sorry, in the youths at the Worlds and that as well. So maybe worth keeping a wee eye on that Mark Castro, who's going to be on the undercard. I don't know who he's fighting, though, he's got an opponent uh, listed yet, but keep a wee eye on him coming through. Okie doke. Rob's on the call. Just before we get to Rob, Gabe, do you have any interest in this Tulsa, Oklahoma card? Breakers, McCaskill, Majumov, Giasov, Nikita, Abababa? Well... Let's put it this way. If Texas had a white trash cousin, its name would be Oklahoma. So strictly because they're putting the card on over in Oklahoma. uh, No, I don't. But (laughs) uh, fights, yeah, sure. I'll probably watch it. I think they they have some good fights on there. Um, I'm just fucking around about Oklahoma. It's just like a little bit of fun that Texas always has because Oklahoma is really a great place, except for their roads are terrible. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll watch it. Fuck yeah. Even though it is in Oklahoma. I've got one thing to say to you, Gabe. You're a hater! Uh, stop crying like a little bitch. <laughs> Gabe did an impersonation of himself. Uh, shout out to some more of the Patreon boys before we bring in Rob. Uh, shout out to Graham Taylor. Always good for a question or two. Got a couple from Graham this week. Uh, Jeff Conway, George Barry, Craig Jevons, Don McNamara, John Kearns, Nathan Shaw, Marvellous Mendo, Joe Ringer, James Addy, Ant, Marco Barrera, Marty G, James Monaghan, Zeconomics, Emmett O'Keefe and Thomas Byrne. Right, Rob, first of all, how are you? Keeping well? You still breathing? All good. All good, Steve. On the first thing to get on tonight to talk about all the big big fights that happened over the weekend you know what I mean fight camp PBC is it PBC or Showtime I don't even know what went on the states to be honest with you PBC Fox who was fighting on PBC Fox then did I make? Uh, Jamal James beat Thomas Delorme and uh, 3-0 and Cuban super middleweight David Morell won a world title against Lennox Allen oh well, I'll be all over him in the, in the future I'm sure um no, I didn't see any of that catch. Anything else takes your fancy? Do you want to talk about from the sky card? Anything like that? 
Well, I'll tell you what, Rob, we can go on to next week if you want. I'm going to ask you about, first of all, Wednesday night, John O'Carroll against Maxi Hughes and then segue neatly off into Zelfa Barrett against Eric Donovan. Any interest in either of those? How did, uh, how did that fight go? Well, they're next week, so we're looking for a prediction uh, of you. I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say I don't care. <laughs> Carol Hughes on points. Come on, over ten rounds, Rob. Get on it. Ah, uh, no, no, wouldn't be like the fire for Al Kelly that any of that now. Um, but interesting though, the um, for a fight to go the distance, like about like, something like one to ten on or something. <laughs> I saw, um, I saw uh, the the fight of the year contender, uh, Harper Jonas. That was Ooh. a good scrap. Um, in fairness, right, all right, I'll tell you what, give a lot of credit to, where credit's due. Joe Gallagher, I thought was really good on the night. Really good instructions. I thought Jonas boxed uh, way better than anybody thought she would. Didn't think she had a chance against Harper. Thought she gets smashed to bits and um, probably could have nicked it. Um, i tell you who seems like a right good fella, though. Steffi Bull seems like a right nice chap. Um, very... Um, very kind of plays the background, doesn't like to get involved too much or be hard that much uh, by the cameras. Very unassuming gentleman, that guy, isn't he? Yeah, just an all around nice guy, he seems like. Yeah. Um, Billy but, Robert uh, McCracken stay, stays in the background, a bit, a bit, a bit the, the yeah. grey man about him, you know what I mean? You'd hardly know he's there, basically. <laughs> 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 hardly know he's there, beating away in the background. <laughs> um, but uh, credit to Gallagher I'm afraid of him I thought he did, he did pretty well in the corner maybe it's because you can hear him um, and I saw a CBD kid, uh, Harper Harper again uh, was it Anthony Fowler versus Terry Harper that was a good fight <laughs> that's why she was too knackered in the main event you see she took a beating off him I saw yeah I mean look at I, in fairness to him, right? in fairness to the guy himself, he's become a little bit more self-aware. So when he gave the interview afterwards, although he did fucking talk so long that they, I don't even think the interviewer got a second question, and he just asked him one question and he kept talking. But um, he commented on how he didn't, he got hit too easy and he he didn't look great. Um, I thought that I know that guy hasn't been stopped before, but I thought that was an opponent you could be stopping after two rounds from the performance that he was putting in for the first two rounds. Um, I thought his corner probably didn't do him any favours. I know he's fighting on his, for a reputation and a chance of a repeat, you know, being brought back for Sky. Um, and he was in front of a big audience, but I um, thought they could have saved him. I thought the shots, the lo- they weren't necessarily low blows, I don't think. I think they were kind of a, um, borderline shots. I don't want to be saying that Anthony Fowler's hitting um, hitting low and then say Andrew Wall's not hitting low. You know, that way you have to, have, have to be consistent across the belt line. Um, <laughs> as everyone knows, um, so I think he's a bit of a touch of a dirty fighter though Felder we've seen shots of that before um, and I don't think I don't think he's uh, altogether um, the finished article I don't think at, one, at world level at 154 man this fella's going to get his clock cleaned and there's a reason that you've seen him fight fellas of this calibre for the last three or four fights since the Fitzgerald fight so they're talking cheese man now I watched that I guess um I'd say he could probably beat Cheeseman, but he wouldn't be going much further, do like. Any interest, Rob, quickly, Zell, for Barrett, Eric Donovan? We just think that it might have come a bit too late and Barrett might be that bit fresher, that man on the way up. Yeah, Barrett's going to be the one. Barrett would expect, be expected to win that, but Donovan's not going to be a walk in the park if he's, if he's training that, like. I agree. But I think I think Barrett should, should edge it, like. Well, if he's going to do anything and he's where he says he, where he thinks he is, he should be, he should be very Donovan, yeah, therefore. 
Yeah, I think Barrett will win, but I want Eric Donovan to win. Uh, Shannon Courtney, we talked about that the other week when we went in against Rachel Ball. Fancy Rachel Ball maybe to pull that one off. Let's see what else we've got on the agenda then, shall we? Going towards Bellew of the Week. So, yeah, I had a few questions, didn't I, from the boys? Let's bring up a few questions from the boys then, shall we? From the old subscribers. Just bring it up on the computer. Yeah, Graham Taylor mentioned him earlier. Who should we go to with this first question? Ooh. Hey to Dave Loback. Ryan Deal has thrown in a question for you. Ryan, the real deal deal. He says, seeing as we'll be seeing boxing with no crowd for a while, Dave, what results over the years do you think would have been different if there were no crowds? One that came to my mind. What about Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. going in against Greg Horgan? In front of, what was it, 90,000 or something? Maybe that could have been different if there'd been no crowd. What do you think, Dave? 100-odd thousand, was it, no? What was it, really? There you go. Sure it was, eh? You think of any? I don't think Dave's picking up anybody else. Uh, Ryan's saying, what results over the years do you think would have been different if there were no crowds? So we're basically boxing in these sparring conditions. Ben against McClellan. Good one. He got, he got well to that win, by the way, that night. Um... Maybe sometimes it's a case, Andy, of the referee getting carried away with the crowd as much as the fighters. Well, the referee was was, was useless. You know, didn't speak English and stuff. Couldn't get control of the fight. Just total bollocks it up. I was going to say Hatton against Zoo. Yeah. Um, Taylor against Davis. That was that was um, that was some something special. Um, what about Holyfield against Bo, for example, round round you know, round round ten. You know, do you think Holyfield would have managed to kind of conjure up that? Uh, that comeback in the 10th round uh, without the crowd kind of geeing them on. That's a you know, good I'm point, like, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Just show it because it's, it's a true story in that. I mean, I've been watching some football and stuff like that and obviously like, you, you, you think, um, you know, well, you can see it, I think. And I mean, some of these games are getting played at kind of like pre-season pace and stuff. You just think, you know, a wee bit of urgency, especially if you're chasing the game and that, you know, the crowd's going to pick you up a wee bit and push you forward. It's, it's immeasurable sometimes. You know, you've had fighters talk about it all the time. Frank Warren mentions that trying to get his fighters, fighters home, home advantage and that. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's a big, big thing. Big what about Bo Galotta, Andy? He would have just pulled oh. his balls off the canvas and everybody would have just gone home. <laughs> uh, shook hands, left the arena and that. You know, there'd been, there'd been no chaos ringside, there'd been no cheers, no Royal Rumbles, there'd been no George Foreman standing ringside like a fucking bouncer. Don't do it, son. Don't do well, it. the Holyfield fight, like you said, Andy, the fan man getting stuck and there's not enough people in the arena. These people with masks trying to pull him out the ropes. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the poor fucker wouldn't be getting his brains beaten, you know. Crazy uh, sake. Um, probably think Wells. Um, madness and stuff. Yeah, um, got a good few there, didn't we? Yeah. Some of the Chinese fights and that. See me, it's no Chinese, Japanese fights. See me, you see some of the, you know, you hear the crowd. Now, even Thailand and that. See me, like one, of, one of the home fighters are landing uh, punches and that. They just start like, cheering every shot. It's, it's like, oh, way. They go, oh, oh. This <laughs> is fucking brilliant. Hey, to Dave, any from you? Uh, fights that would have been different so, with our crowd? Sorry, I lost connection there, but uh, I can definitely give my opinion that uh hagen chavez senior i don't think would have gone any different regardless of the crowd chavez had an idea of what he wanted to do before the fight based on all of hagen's trash talking and he did just that i don't think we would have seen a stoppage any earlier or later he wanted to punish him a little bit and that's just what he did cheers dave uh, moving on rob could you imagine no crowd in this uh, spectacular fight next week on the wooden boards over in milimani city tanzania Hassan, yeah. one-time mcquinio going in for the vacant wbf intercontinental super welterweight title against nor nine norton three shibangu kayembe is shibangu gonna get shibanged out do you think rob by Hassan one time 
Oh, Rob, don't tell me you've given up on Hassan after all this time. Come on, man, he's supposed to be fighting Kel Brook. Come on, Rob. Oh, shit, I was on mute, was he? <laughs> you, missed, you missed me doing fucking shebang, shebang, Ricky Martin for your man. He's <laughs> fighting shebang, shebang, Um, One time, was obviously got a fucking white blow with shebang, shebangs, man. Nobody fucking named after a Ricky Martin song is going to beat one time Marquinho. And then it's only a matter of time before we make the fucking fight that everybody wants to see him versus Kel Brook. Who next? I want Kel Brook. Who next? One time back in action soon on Friday night, no less. Uh, yeah, we went through the card, didn't we? Navid Mansouri against Kieran Conway, Felix Cash against Jason Wellborn. Yeah, we'll just get rid of that, shall we? We're going on to Bellew of the Week soon, anyway. What was the other card that we were talking about, Andy? Yeah, Carl Frampton. Supposed to be fighting Varam Gardanian. Sorry, Steve. Did you say Steve, Phoenix Cash is fighting Jason Wellborn? Yeah. I feel like that's a fight that you kind of announce every week that I don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like a fucking Phoenix Cash fighting Jason Wellborn again. Fuck, uh, remind me not on to the undercard of Frank Buglioni on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy's going to love this one, but I'm not going to watch it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've gone through Cash Wellborn. We'll be getting all over that, Andy. So Frampton was supposed to fight Vardanian. His record was shit. Uh, this guy's pulled out. They've got a sub on standby, apparently. Vardanian had some kind of visa troubles. Get, yeah, Ames is saying that as well. Visa troubles getting into the country. Michael Conlon against Sofian Takoust. The only interest there is whether Conlon stops him or not. Paddy Donovan's on the card. Dennis McCann. Troy Williamson. And Archie Sharp defending his title against Jeff Afore. I like the look of Archie Sharp, but... I think he will have too much for a fourie who was last seen in the MTK golden contract, I think, possibly. Yeah, Any interest David in that, particularly Frampton? Yeah, sorry, Andrew. Yeah, no, sorry, I was just saying, O'Hara Davis knocked out um, uh, that Jeff of I think it was his last yeah. fight in that. Uh, Sharp looks good in that, so um, again, just maybe step up uh, for time to time in that as well. Did we know who Frampton's fighting yet, no? Is there any name floating about locally? They said they've got a standby. I don't think they've revealed the name and then they're talking about having somebody else that they're trying to bring in now. So it might turn out that he, uh, he doesn't fight at all. He had a bit of bad luck. Him and Herring have had a bit, a bit of bad luck, I think. Yeah, Herring had that COVID test again, didn't he? And he came uh-huh. out positive and stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose Paddy Donovan, um, I remember seeing him on the card up at uh, up in Glasgow. Um, Cash Farouk and, oh, what's his name? Oh, Lee, Lee McGregor. Lee McGregor, yeah. I look decent. Southpaw, I think he is as well. Eh? I think Andy Lee works for him as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll wait and see how it goes. Nah, but it's, it's, again, it's just it's like a meh card and that. I mean, as you say, if Frampton's going to end up having, having to get pulled off, off of this, Conlon, you know, Conlon's Conlon at this point. And, you know, again, we've said it before, the ceiling's limited. And he just doesn't do it for me. Just, just be honest, it just isn't exciting to watch. But um, between that Saturday and stuff like that, I don't know what else. But, to, again, the Russian card will probably kind of roll over and that. So, I do, so again, I think I maybe just watch it fight by fight basis. I maybe turn it over to see who's fighting, whoever it is. I maybe switch off. I see Troy Williamson still waiting for an opponent. So, who really is going to get at this point is going to be competitive as such. I don't think we're going to get that. And you just don't know if uh, these guys are going to end up fighting. They're, they're going to be motivated and that. They're just going to go through the motions. It's going to get a shit show all around and stuff. So, I, I really don't know what to expect, in all honesty. Show's going by the wayside as we speak. Hey to Dave Lowback. Breaking news here. Dave from Boxing's First, friend of the pod, has messaged me on Twitter, said that the Ring magazine are reporting, Dave, that the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight has been postponed until November. I suppose that'll just be uh, more time for us to get down to California. Hey, bro? 
Um, I don't consider that delay a bad thing. Shocked at that, Lee. Yeah. Uh, is it, this is the kind of fight where you you won't believe it till they're kind of in the ring, right? It's sort of like a sort of a circus fight. Um, it hasn't had that sort of on again, off again nature that Pacquiao Mayweather had, but it's sort of it has that feel to it to me. Like it's just bizarre to see like a gray bearded Mike Tyson in the ring against uh, wrinkly Roy Jones. It, it's it's going to be strange. Um, sort of like that movie, The Grudgment Day. Maybe better acted though. Um, it was called. It was called Grudge Match. What was? What, what movie did you say? Grudgement Day. I don't fucking. I don't ever say that one. <laughs> it was that one with the with with. with yeah, I think it was called Grudge Match, dude. It wasn't called Grudgement Day. That's the well, sequel. Was, on the HBO promos, they called it Grudgement Day. <laughs> it was terrible. Regardless, um, this has that feel to it, and hopefully, it just never happens. That would be nice. Dave, hating as usual. Uh, I was asking the question during the week uh, about the Frank Warren, Eddie Hearn thing, whether it was going to happen or not. Gareth Gonnett on the Facebook page jumped in. They said they blocked Chris Jenkins from fighting at Matchroom Fight Camp, despite Jenkins and his team wanting to accept the offer. Now they, uh, Frank Warren, supposedly wants to pave the way for some kind of cross-promotional collaboration, quote-unquote, for the fans. Paul, the other one, says Gareth, a clever PR stunt nonetheless. As to people who don't know any better, it looks like Queensby are trying to collaborate for the good of boxing and the, and the blame can fall on Matchroom if the fights don't happen. A clever way of trying to disguise the fact you're asking your rival to pull you out of a hole, which leads me, Rob, perfectly onto the question from Graham Taylor. would love to hear the panel's take and predictions on this proposed Queensby versus Matchroom set of fights. Interesting stuff, says Graham. But as Gareth says there, Rob, maybe Frank isn't as genuine. Who would have thought it as we all thought? <laughs> Wow, the boxing promoter, not genuine. Um, fucking hell, who do you think fucking, um, who do you think Hearn is then if Frank is not genuine? I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I mean, Eddie, I think, probably made some good points in his little interview. Umar's back in, by the way, isn't he? Umar's back in. You can't cancel. Umar can't cancel Umar AFL. Fucking, he's bulletproof him, man. Just an apology. and He's back in the fucking domain doing all the big interviews in the fight bubble. With his big fancy watch, um, just came up with that there myself. Um, Good job, yeah, great that. Fucking, I don't know, man. Like, look, I think Warren's onto something, like, isn't he, by by doing this because he knows what the crack is with Hearn. Like, Hearn, for all his talk and all his big ratings and his big fucking flashy lights in his back and <laughs> Natasha Jonas and Terry Harper fighting. I'm sorry, like, I find that all ridiculous. I know people like the fucking. It's fucking pathetic. Have a big fucking party in the back garden for nobody that with nobody there. You might as well just have a bonfire fire and have some lads singing around it. Um, do, where do I think this is? What this is? Is it genuine or not? It doesn't matter because Warren knows that that Hearn's fighters are thin on the ground outside of outside of AJ. AJ is the only cash cow he's got, baby. Who the fuck else has he got? Who's he got? I know I sound like somebody when I say that, but I'm not even going to fucking. I'm not even <laughs> going to go down that road. <laughs> But who has he got apart from AJ? Once the AJ thing is over, like, I mean, really, you know, he's got some prospects there, but they haven't turned into anything. He's still hanging out to Dillian White on a fight-by-fight -fight deal. But the, the big stars are there, thin on the ground. And maybe Warren is has fighters there that he has ambitions for, and he wants to find out how good they are. Like, And it probably suits him better. It looks It's a better look for him, I think, if the BT guys come over. But, you know, who are we going to argue? Like, I mean, none of them are stars, really, out outside the top two who are we going to argue about who's a bigger star between Liam Williams and Boo Boo Andrade 
fucking hell like I don't I don't think the two of them they're not going to be on the fucking Hollywood Walk of Fame like either the two of them like so I don't know I'm all for it if they can look we we talked about Don King last week on the pod and we talked about Bob Arum and like as much as the boys hate each other going back 30-40 years they were still able to make fights with each other so Harden and Warren should be able to make fights more, more readily with each other they're in the same country They've got fighters in the same weight divisions. They both need it now. With the pandemic, they, everybody needs this now. They need to come forward and be together. So maybe, Frank, you know, I'm not against it. I think it's a good idea. If if it's just publicity uh, stunt, it's worked because it's put Frank in the public eye again after a terrible show last week. Um, and, you know, these domestic own cards and fucking matchroom square garden and all, it is pretty shite. Like, you know, you can dress it up, whatever, and say Cheeseman is a great fight. And fucking Natasha Jonas and Terry Harper are good fights, right? They are, like, but they're good fights for the level of the fighters that are fighting in them, like, and we want to see the bigger fights. So if that only way for that to happen is for, for through cross-promotion, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, would it be made or not? I don't, I can't see it. Like, I can't see it. He'd kind of be very reluctant to jump into bed with Frank. Just, I just get that impression from him, but what the fuck do I know? Even Ed, how are you, Frank? Keep well, Rob. Keep well. Uh, Dave, you're going to jump in there with some uh, top analysis? Oh, well, I'd, I'd like to hear Rob, Rob's actual analysis of the fight itself, um, whether uh, this is a case of Jonas improving since Obanoff took her apart, or he, whether he thinks, you know, Harper's just not all that, and maybe that uh, mysterious member of Canelo's team who said she was his <laughs> most favorite fighter. Uh, maybe maybe they, they were invented, but uh, I, I did want to take an issue with something Rob said. He, he said he said who else has Eddie got? He's got he's got pay per view star Dillian White on a fight on a fight by fight. Fucking hell, man! That's that's brilliant, isn't it? I think by the way, just seeing as you mentioned it, I think I'm, I was sad that Jonas didn't get the nod so she could go um, in search of that Obanov rematch and we get Obanov back for the way in, baby, back on the scales. That's what we need. Fuck this fucking Harper Jonas too. Let's get bring Vivian back in here. Yep, can all get on board with that. Um, the night before Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson was supposed to take place, which was originally September the twelfth. On September the eleventh, um, Christian Mejares and Fernando Montiel were supposed to be boxing in an exhibition. That's something that uh, everybody was desperate to see, I'm sure. Anyway, Gabe got some updates here from Ryan O'Hara on Twitter. He says the eight round exhibition between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones has been postponed until November the 28th. Sources are telling the ring magazine. Does this change anything for you, Gabe? Does this change your plans your entire year? How's this affecting you at the moment? November the 28th, Jones Tyson. What do you think, Gabe? Too emotional. I'll tell you what I think. I'm crying like a little bitch over the loss of this fight. <laughs> Gabe's over at the ranch somewhere. We'll try and get him back soon, Andy. Let's just change tax, are we? A question from Holt. He says, I think highly of Joshua Boazzi, but I, th- I feel like his matchmaking has been really, really poor relative to his skill and pedigree and the performance he's put, he's put in. Seems like they can't get in the Callum Johnson fight or anything meaningful. So he's probably just going to be thrown in at the deep end at some point to get murked by Bivol. Seems a similar fate for Joe Cordina. Am I being harsh or is this realistic, says Holt? What was the last part of that? Sorry, mate. 
He's basically saying that he thinks that Buatsi is going to... He can't get the Callum Johnson fight, so he's probably going to get fed to Bivol at some point and lose. And a similar fate seems to be met uh, for Joe Cordina. So I think he's saying an overall thing. Guys like Buatsi, guys like Cordina, they don't seem to be dealt with very well. I mean, what, what are they doing with Buatsi, for example? Well, I've been asking that question for long enough, to be honest, mate. And um, the, the, the simple answer, the short answer is I don't know. Um, I'm sure Joshua's got something to do with his career. I'm certain, and the thing is, he's like late twenties now. I really did. Th- I really had high hopes of him coming out, uh, coming out of Rio. I obviously, went away and finished. I think he did his degree or finished his masters, some sort of sports science thing or whatever it was. Um, okay, he, he beat Paraban, who's been over the course. Ryan Ford, you know, Quinlan and Liam Conroy. That's his last four fights, I'm sure. Um, so. At this point, for someone who's knocking on the door, like it's a world title, you know, like WBA and stuff like that, you want to see him in a better opposition. But at this point, um, I think he might even benefit actually. Dare, dare I say it? Uh, between the talks between Hearn and 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 Warren, um, maybe maybe we can get him in uh, fighting yard. Who knows? I know that was that was one of the fights that Frank had tweeted about. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely done for that one. If, if Eddie isn't going to be putting him into that type of thing, then you've got to be looking at uh, the likes of... Um, oh, I know Zach Dunn. I know David Brophy beat him, so it's maybe not a good marker at this no. point. Um, Bozell's been over the course, European level again. There's, there's Leon Boone's coming up, but um, Badu Jack's maybe the toughest opponent you could maybe get in the WBA rankings outside of Bivol and Pascal, who's probably... I mean, Pascal would be a good... A good measure stick to see where he's at because you know Pascal, even though he's he's past his best, there was arguments last year that he could have be, he could have got fight of the year because he's come back wins and stuff. Um, be a tough fight for Buatzi, that Andy, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's you know you wouldn't stop him, wouldn't think? And Pascal's you know savvy enough to make it difficult for him. So I'm between between probably Badu, Jack, Pascal, and Bivol. Uh, I like to see Eddie try and throw, throw the dice with maybe like say Jack or or Pascal uh, if he can get it made. Uh, Bivol at this point would just bore the pants off me. I, I don't even think Boatsy even at this point. I know he's like three-time English champion, whatever it was, and you know medaled at Rio and that. But Bivol was just you know the quintessential amateur, isn't he? He's just like textbook boxing and that. I just think you'd be happy to get a box it to a twelve-round decision and just bore the absolute pants off us. Or either that Boatsy's at some point is maybe going to retire. I don't know. You know that's the kind of impression I get. You know there's never been any big push for him. You know, he's never he's never been front and center at any Eddie's promotions and stuff. He hasn't been getting the big in, so, so to speak. So I just don't know where he's at, to be honest. Maybe it's to do with him. Maybe he doesn't want yeah, it. We always automatically assume that these guys love boxing. Some of them don't. Maybe. Maybe it's just a job for some of them and that as well. Another bit of me thinks maybe as well. Maybe he's a bit like Virgil Ortiz and he's a, he's a bit of an introvert. He's not really kind of up for the shit talk and all that sort of stuff. But um, Remember Frankie he, Gomez, Andy? He had all the talent in the world, didn't want to train. Yeah. Uh, went fat, just I mean, there was millions waiting for him, you would have yeah. thought, and he just didn't want it. Wasted it, wasted it. Or Tony Ayala was the same, just couldn't yeah. screw it up. Yeah. All right, uh, Ryan Deal was throwing in a question for me. We'll probably have to skip this one. He says, Why no clamour for Avni Yildirim to get the Canelo fight? Don't encourage them, Ryan. Don't encourage them. We don't want to see Mr. Robot, who was supposed to be fighting David Benavides, as and when Benavides beats Alexis Roma. I was going to say Arguello, then Angula, whatever you call him. Getting confused now. Too much boxing on the moment. A final list of boys before we move on to Bellevue of the Weeks. Uh, Richard Lodder, shout out to him. Slip Digby, Ian Pirrie, Sean Nomas Vidal, 
Gordon, Jamie D, Red West, Holly Lewis, Holt, Mike Wrigley, Jamie, Davey Man 100, Gary Lockwood, Saul Brocklehurst, Daniel Wilson, Matthew Reynolds, Matt and Kevin Crawford. If I've missed you out at any point and you feel like you should be on the list, give me a shout. I do apologise. Our top level subscribers there. You can come on the show if you want. You can come and join me. I've got a chair here. Why not fly over and sit next to me, Andy, and we can do the pod together? What do you think? That that could be a new a new level, new platform, new bonus. Uh, could also even the uh, uh, story time with Steve, making you know a wee bit extra Patreon subscriptions there as well. Live broadcast, sitting in your dungeon, or the kind of mess <laughs> line behind you, and all the boxes and that. <laughs> yeah. it's all kicking off in here right let's move on to belly of the weeks then for episode 385 hey today is with us wrapping rob kelly andy me steve we seem to have lost gabe shout out to everybody in the chat genuinely i haven't got a fucking clue what you lot have been going on half the time but seem to be enjoying themselves that's the main thing isn't it let's up the game here bit of tony bellew for bellew of the week let's be totally and brutally honest here sean corbin makes valerie brudov look like ivan drago as simple as that. He's beat what's in front of him tonight. He traces me. He's gonna visit mental demons again. And let's get let's get something straight. Come to me, mate. Come to me. Next time, ain't no judges gonna be needed. I'm gonna do worse than Kovalev. I am gonna do worse than Kovalev. Saturday night, mate, you better hold together. I'm gonna smash it near you to pieces, mate. I'm gonna hurt him. When he gets in the ring and we get 10 ounce gloves on, I'm gonna smash his head to bits. I'm going to do it November the 30th against all odds. No matter what people say, the journalists write what you want. All as I'll say is tune back in and then look at me on December the 1st when I am world champion. It's as simple as that. I'm willing to die in that ring. It's as simple as that. I am willing to die. I'm willing to die, Sathy. Is it? You fucking rat. Lovely. Love a bit of Tony here. He's going to do worse than Kovalev. That's a good one, isn't Andy? Ahead of the, Bell- the Cleverly rematch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Christ, man, that was one of the worst, shittiest pay- That was the time I had Eddie on at the time, and that one of the worst, shittiest pay per views ever. Uh, Lads, please to the listeners who didn't know us before, because this goes back to this predates me even being on the pod, but if you can go back and find the pay per view of Andy <laughs> hosting the fucking post fight pod for Cleverty Value, too, man, it's fucking brilliant. He's fucking fuming. That's <laughs> <laughs> also half jaked. Oh, you gotta watch it. You gotta go back and check that one out to the list. It was fucking classic. That's back when I was an angry dude. <laughs> you oh, more mellow now, Andy. I know. Yeah, you're more mellow now. What's up with him? I know. <laughs> I kind of go mental these days. I end up waking up the kids and stuff, you know. But no, it's just. Um, I remember. I remember the time we got money just to find the, the fight being pay per view. It doesn't happen for it being pay per view and all that sort of stuff. Scott Quigg, I remember on that being on that was a new fight a Japanese guy. That was shit. Um, I forget who else was in the card, but the whole I think the, I think the entire fight card ended going, going the distance. I'm sure. So let me check that out for me. I'm pretty certain that's that's right. Oh, I was at f- another card that oh, night in, in Belfast, I, I, and they streamed it on well. big screen. Oh, it was right, it was right, right. it was visual visual awful stuff, like the worst ever. I I think that was one of the ones they caught me for as well. I think I might have paid for that for a fight party like that and Harrison Hay. <laughs> Fucking hell, man! I got sold, didn't I? Jesus Christ! 
Yeah, Ricky Gravel was asking about the other one, the Terminator Bellu theme. I can't play that because of copyright. We, that's been played on about 150 videos and I keep getting uh, copyright tagged for it. So I have to, I've had to go back and trim them all out. So I have to play this one because there's no copyright issues. But the Terminator or the Cannibal Holocaust and all that stuff, it gets flagged straight away. There's like a strike or like a mark or whatever against it. So yeah, can't play them. Fuck it. That was, that was one of the highlights. They all there. Uh... The old value of the week team tune, like do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, it was a cracker. Uh, no, it was a belt. I'd play it if I could. Anyway, value I thought of the we weeks. Try to mention that, that you know that long yeah. that long word that yeah. train station <laughs> that long fucking word. I'll have to try and cut the music out the background, maybe, and just have the words or something. I don't know, but yeah, you can't you can't play the tunes, Andy. Unfortunately, uh, remember, remember they called us out there on the IFL. Well, we asked Coogan to go and ask him a fair play when I went and asked him and it just lit, it lit the fuse and next minute there was a big article there was a big article in Bleacher Report about Tony Bellew calling us out and stuff and oh it was fucking tremendous you see you lot right you see yeah. you lot <laughs> I get more views with the fart if I'm on the FAS show I get more views if I'm on catchphrase I get more views if I'm down opening a supermarket I get more views <laughs> I talk. But is it is it you talk? I do. <laughs> Your podcast's not worth a carrot. So whatever, so you talk about what the fuck it is I do. <laughs> That's right. Right? So the next time you do what I fucking do at a top level, then you can fucking talk about it. Until <laughs> then right. you can fuck off. Is that is that a quote from Bellu or the or the players in the Premier League talking about him? I couldn't put on that. I couldn't put on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even name it. You fuck. Oh dear. Good stuff. Yeah. Ricky Gravel enjoying it there. All the boys. Ronnie Hussain, friend of the pod. Shout out to Ronnie. Let's go to Belly of the Weeks anyway. Episode 385. This is going to be a difficult one to cut now. Okay. Jamie Coleman, first nomination. Nomination for Eddie Epstein, telling everyone he's thinking outside the box with Matchroom Square Garden. He copied Dana White and the UFC's model. Uh, belly of the week, says Jamie. Uh, David has nominated Matchroom Boxing and Kane Baker. Uh, they're up to something before the Akib Fiaz fight. Uh, this is a good one for you, Rob. David Almond's nominated Ryan Garcia. I work out to sad music. I don't know why, but it makes me use the pain I felt and use it to go even harder. <laughs> I've nominated that one at all. Like, I fucking saw his timeline, man. I went through his timeline last week. I think I put it in the chat. Man, someone should, someone should just do what they did with um, Scotty Parker when fucking when Fuller went up and put fucking read out all, all Ryan Garcia's tweets over some really sad music. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. His timeline is a mess, man. Like, reminds me of all the tough times they went through and really spurs me on if I train to sad music. What the fuck? Who talks like that? Like, could you imagine Marvin Hagler saying that? Like, fucking hell. Oh, that's the new generation. I do, like, I do think he's a good fighter. I said it before, but fucking hell. He's something he just, you know what he said? He said yesterday, I'm just looking at it now. I'm feeling 22. Well, I'm used to be a pile that gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, are you trying to say that uh, Marvin Hagler didn't get up in the morning, put on the army boots and the rucksack and get the headphones in and listen to a bit of Chris DeBurr? Yeah, he just he's running down the beach going, if you leave me now. <laughs> oh dear, Ryan Garcia on the list. <laughs> he might be on another list, who knows? Let's move on. Uh, Richie, 
Uh, Rich193 has nominated Jamie Moore, talking about the firework factory explosion in Beirut. No Fuck. chance that's fireworks. That's nuclear, says Jamie. Getting started. I don't know what it was, Andy, but it didn't look didn't look like somewhere you wanted to be anyway. Look, uh, hi. Exactly. Look, I don't want to take the piss here, but uh, fuck that shit. I mean, I've seen the video of the guy in the in, in, in the harbour just driving along in his speedboat and the fucking thing goes up. It, it does look like, like a nuclear explosion like, but uh, I'm not saying that I'm the bastion of knowledge and truth on this, by by the way, but it's not a fucking nuclear bomb, by <laughs> Fuck me. Jesus Christ. You see the video, they're actually like, you know, there's like a segment, the, the actual port has been blown completely out of the fucking place, filled with water. There's a cruise ship that got fucking blown over as well, actually, as well. What the fucking mess? Well, if anyone know, would know about ballistics, it would be Jamie Moore. So maybe we should trust his opinion a little bit more. <laughs> the, the, the Tony Bell you're on about the fucking the states of Liverpool, you know, Fox the, Teth and all these places. Uh, the bomber up to tricks. Uh, SS Dev sixty seven has nominated Anthony Fowler, one of the security guards who works for Matchroom, took me to the side today and told me how Supreme CBD has helped his wife so much. Said she hasn't stood up straight, pain free for years, but now is walking fine. Some people take the piss with the CBD, which is fine, but and then he got cut off in his prime. So fouls getting taken to one side by security guards here, and uh, CBD <laughs> packing back. <laughs> what did he say? It does wonders for his missus or something? Does he? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Get him to send a box to me, will you? See what the wonders for fucking mine. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm out of painting all day. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stephen Hatton has nominated Ryan's story. They're talking about the Williams Eubank Jr. fight. Steffi Ball's been nominated here for tweeting offences. Uh, Porky, Porky Ross, shout out to Porky. I haven't seen him in the chat tonight. Steffi Ball admitting he's ran Terry Harper's account since she turned pro. All the no. conversations between Steffi account and Ray Doyle, Anthony Tomlinson, all fake. Uh, Tesco Joe admitting he run, yeah, admitted he's run Terry's account basically. Doing an Eddie, give the Ned, give the Ned, stick around for the best. <laughs> Andy Ruiz set for talks with the uh, WBA regular champion Manuel Char. This is upsetting news for us, Andy. What's going to happen to Frez now if Andy Ruiz is fighting for the WBA regular title? <sighs> I don't know, back to court. I mean, he's undefeated there, I suppose. I, I just can't believe... Why did he just not pay him off? Just to go away. I mean, he's still in the top 15, I think, WBA. Just pay him off. Give him... They tried, didn't they? They and tried just... to pay him off. Ames did a good video, actually. Check out Take Ames' channel. He, he interviewed Frez, and he did like an error or so with him. He was on with us, wasn't he? I think they tried to get rid of him, but maybe Frez didn't accept it. I can't remember the ins and outs. I mean, somewhere, somehow, doing the line, they're going to... If he's refusing to take the money... And he's re refusing to retire and go away. They're gonna have to do something. They're gonna have to create a title for him, maybe the gold one. I'm not Why don't sure. they? Why don't they just give him the gold title and be done with it? Okendo's gonna be like uh, 80 years old, still still lobbying for his shot at the belt against like these 25 year olds. He might come back and knock somebody out. You know, it happened. It happened. Oh, no. I can't believe it. Man, that the night that happens, will boxing be like a big watery fart round in the back of your leg? By the way, <laughs> that is when you know you've reached rock bottom. We'll have to quit, Andy. Man, that's a pod oh, quitter. That, that is, man. The thing is, can you imagine if it's the only fight that weekend, right? And it's the only thing we've got to talk about. And we've got the good. Oh no, I couldn't date, man. It's just like really. 
really got to sit and watch that up my eye and fucking you know, my dog will end up having to fucking go to the vet for a broken broken ass tail because I end up kicking up in the fucking hallway. Kind of fucking would you be shite? Oh. Take aim says that there's news coming this week from Fred, so we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, Philip Walcock is nominated as a beast. White beats Fury in four rounds. That's why Fury won't fight him. Don't at me. So we all made sure we added him straight after that just to annoy him. Uh, Steffi Ball being nominated again for tweeting offences. Um, Will four fight camps be... Sorry, I had a question from Porky. I forgot to throw that in. Paul Raftery. I would like to nominate Adam Smith, head of boxing at Sky, as the cheap crap fireworks went off in Essex and the camera panned to London, invisible utter darkness. Sweet Caroline was painfully played out. It's just good to hear it again. Adam grinned, proclaiming... Fuck. No, it fucking isn't, Adam. Bean's been on rare form, and they. Did, did anybody see the? Did you see the, uh, the tweet I retweeted the other day about the guy oh. who was singing? He was singing. He's in the Liverpool pub singing the Sweet Caroline on the guitar, and this drunk guy just walks past the camera, like he appears off the wings, and just fucking trips a boy up, almost tombstones <laughs> and fucks off. We were all felt like that at one point. <laughs> oh, what? I wish that was Eddie Hearner at the time it was getting fucking tombstone. That was fucking tremendous stuff. But being, I, I kind of comment, I didn't, as I say, I was very limited to what I watched on Sky. Uh, but, you know, Matchroom Square Garden, Just we'll just reiterate that. What a cunt. Apparently Beam came off with this, hasn't he? Beam! Could have been, could have been, should have been, never been. Bait Beam, creepy Beam. Beanie, Rumpelstiltskin, we're on to you. No hiding for Bean. No, no. Run, 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 you know, top run a Bean stay as well. That's one you can run in the back of your leg and talking about, you know, all that shitey fucking stuff. <laughs> uh, Paul Raftery is also nominated. Uh, Joe Gallagher uh, to, on his boxing social video, taking the security man's temperature. Trade leather boxing is also nominated. Joe Gallagher and his stable on the Smith Brothers. All crying tonight, yet there was no tears when Crawley got handed a win before he retired or when Ryder wasn't given a fair score. Uh, hashtag tears for Joe. Another nomination from Coney for Joe Gallagher. Can someone put up the official scorecards, please? At WBC Boxing, IBO Boxing, Matchroom, hashtag rematch. Uh, Joseph Ajayo, THD, PhD. He's been going off on one this week. They're trying to keep him quiet. I won't keep quiet, says Joseph. He said, I have spoken to Queen Elizabeth on many occasions, basically to leave Yoruba alone. If you don't want a perilous end, Prince Andrew is connected with Jeffrey Epstein, Prince Charles's complicity in Princess Diana's death and Prince Harry's disobedience. Basically, back off, says Joseph. He has a, a direct line to the palace, so we don't want to mess with him. <laughs> this reminds me of CJ from the forum. Did he, uh, did he know Jimmy Savile, though? <laughs> He's one of your own. <laughs> Jimmy Shabo. He's one of your own. He's one of your own. Oh dear. <laughs> Joseph on fine form. A blonde bomber, Ebony Bridges. Might have to get off the Ebony Bridges train at this rate. She says, So, UK fight fans, I'm getting into football, soccer. I'm going to buy jerseys for Everton, Liverpool, Man City, and Man United. Is it fine if I support all four teams? More chance of winning. I'll support each team equally. What do you think? And Bryce at Abu Returns nominated the blonde bomber. I think after she got £500 for her socks. She's trying to milk it now. 
Uh, Stefan Hatton has nominated Peter James Morrison. This is an aggressive and composed as I've ever seen, Anthony Fowler. Looks like Larry Holmes with the jab. Hashtag fight camp too. Hashtag fight camp. Hashtag Fowler Harper. What do you think about that then, Rob? Anthony Fowler looking like Larry Holmes with a jab. <laughs> More like Eamon Holmes. <laughs> Eamon Holmes. <laughs> Fucking Jesus, man. That's a bad one, isn't it? Oh, oh fucking hell. Right, Larry so... Holmes, man. Anthony Fowler and Larry Holmes in the same sentence. There's something you didn't hear every day. Who said that, by the way? That was. <laughs> uh, let me just bring what? it back up What again. was the comment? Peter James Morrison. This is as aggressive and composed as I've seen Anthony Fowler. Looks like Larry Holmes with the jab. <laughs> Larry David, baby. <laughs> right, Andy. Any from you? I know we were we were, we were going in on Errol Spence's. Oh, yeah, Errol Spence, uh, Titties man. I mean, it's just it's 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 going to be it's going to be seen to be believed. But I I I, I wish I could find the tweet, and I can't find the tweet right. But there was a comment made, and it was tremendous. The guy tweeted it with a picture, and I says, "I used to wank the titties like these." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Look at them. He's I thought fucking... he was set up a fucking OnlyFans when I thought. And oh, what the fuck is going on? Sweating and all that. He's got, he's got his high heel boots on and all that. Sort of. something's, Plus, something's... He's definitely got fucking CT from the Craftsman, hasn't he? he was, didn't the coyote bite him on the leg last week? He was out running around and he tweeted a video saying that a wild, a wild coyote had bit him on the calf. Well, they'll kind of do that. I don't know what the fuck your problem is. Like You're speeding in a Ferrari on the way home from a nightclub full of alcohol at two o'clock in the morning or you're off chasing wild coyotes like the fucking roadrunner. What's the matter with you, man? Get in the fucking gym, will you? Cop yourself on and put, get, get yourself a good sports bar. Well, I'll tell you what. titties, man. He needs to get in the gym pretty sharpish and get that shit sorted out because uh, that, that gyno is just isn't fucking isn't sitting that well. a big, Isn't that a big sign, so they say, the big nips, like, mm. isn't that a sign yeah. of steroid abuse? Yeah, I heard that, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is Not saying that he has been called, I think they call it gyno, is it gynomastic or something like that? I forget. That's the, yeah, that's the, that's the condition, but, like, he's in fight shape, he looks alright, like, they're not, they're, they're big and all, but it's not like that, like, I don't know what the, it's like, I saw the clip and I wanted, and Madonna song Vogue just started playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think how to Dave give us good a nip rating well what what, uh, what Rob said there that's a good move the, the coyote and the road runner that, that stuck out to me because I wouldn't be surprised if Errol Spence was secretly a Loon, Looney Tunes character you know they, they, they like fall off cliffs they survive they, how, to, how else <laughs> could he survive that car crash <laughs> at the end of his career a little circle's going to close around he's gonna say, that, 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 that's all folks <laughs> It'll just be Parky Russell, it won't be Parky Pig. In his pal Colin. Oh, oh Colin, friggin' hell, no. Don't go down that road again, right? Any others, Andy? Any other, any other nominations? Aye, so uh, Jorge uh, Linares is throwing some shade. Mostly on Ryan Garcia, but um, also Devin Haney. He says, I've always felt it's a much better to be quiet and just left, uh, let your fight and do all the talking for you. So just because we're all locked down doesn't mean we have to feel quarantined and resort to fighting online. I've been training hard. I don't waste my time uh, with tweets and stuff. 
understand that fighters like Ryan Garcia and, uh, and like Devin Haney uh, have to have this online presence. They would rather fight on Twitter and Instagram rather than the ring. Where are they right now, though? Where is Ryan Garcia right now? He's still playing games online while I'm hard work training for a real fight in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and next minute, oh, next minute, Jorge gets fucking COVID, so his fight's off now, so it hits him fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, baby Garcia gets uh, gets uh, some shade there. And apparently, I want to throw Ryan Garcia in here as well. I've seen something going through the week there. He'd actually phoned uh, AB for some advice. Fuck knows what advice he's looking for. Maybe, maybe love advice. But uh, that that career's going right off the rails if he's turning to AB maybe for some for some advice. Just listen to the Renosos and Canelo yeah. and stay the fuck out of it. Just stay off Instagram and all that sort of stuff. It's not bad. Like child support for me could probably help with stuff like that. Yeah, what Robert sure. Easter thinks about this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and uh, I think that's it actually. Um, as I said, I wasn't wasn't keep up to. Been last night, so I don't know if he came out with anything outrageous, but it's just the to... usual cliched shit, man. Yeah, bit like us to... every Sunday. <laughs> True, at the end of the day, I mean, fucking hell, it's, it's been tough going these last few weeks now with the action, real action yeah, to talk about, you know. Yeah. I mean, in the big fight, Lomachenko, Lo... oh, why can we throw in the uh, Polly as well for getting getting the bullet mm. at showtime? Mm-hmm. Um, that's no for that's no for his comments really. I think that's just the the, the straw broke the camel's back really. Been ruin hasn't it yet? Yeah, that's, I, th- I I think it's I think it's all stemmed off his. Co- Do you remember the, um, the Cyrus FM interview he gave about Wilder after the Fury yeah. rematch? And that he was quite scared and he, he was saying like say like Wilder you know felt himself with yes men when about him and stuff and wouldn't accept any criticisms or constructive criticism so to speak. And there was talk about. While they're trying to get Polly removed for one of the broadcasts, I'm sure. Um, I don't know if. Ah, uh, do you remember that actually? Um, so I think, and then the, the, I think, I mean, the thing is, they've waited four months with it. I'm sure that these comments were made well, four months ago, and then the, the viewers. Them, the the second like, part of it was 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 probably borderline. Like he's he's kind of like he's he's kind of fucked himself by saying like there's no long lines like there's no racism or something like that. I, I kind of mind the exact quote and that, but he said systemic racism is not a real thing, and then he, he went down a rant. But like there's a couple of there's a couple of nuances to this. They could have got Paulie out of there four to five months ago for the way he's been behaving since this McGregor spy. For oh, he's spitting people's faces and stuff like that as well. Spitting, spitting in people's faces, spitting on buses. He's accused Mayweather. He's accused McGregor of being gay on numerous IFL videos. Like he's like, this guy wants to stop my cock. He wants to stop my cock. I, there's no other explanation. It's just uh, I want to stop my cock. Like wild shit. Like crazy shit. He's been saying he could have been sacked for any of that shit. So why they waited till now to get him? I don't know. Maybe they want to get him in the background. Then you got the likes that you got Wilder fucking wanting to get him out because he correctly called the fight. Like whatever way you break this down, it's the boxing fans will lose out if Malinaji gets the sack because on the microphone currently on active cards calling, he's the best one to break down the fight as it's happening. Without a doubt. Scientifically, strategically, whatever way you want to call it, he he calls it honestly all the time and as well as that he's always on the money. Um about what's actually going on in the ring, and that's a kind of a lost art in boxing. He was one of the first really great ones at it, um, in the modern era. Like, and he's a big loss. It's a, it's a fucking huge loss. But again, he's his own worst enemy because he cannot shut the fuck up. Does not have any enough self awareness to know that if he'd have just reined it in, he wouldn't have got the fucking sack. Like, you cannot say if you're in if you're in corporate America and they're writing the checks. Like, that means you can't say what you want. It's just the fucking deal that you've done. So. 
like I said, the boxing fans lose out, but Malnazi, they were just waiting to get rid of him, man, and he hasn't helped himself at all, in fairness to him. Like, the real value of the week is that they replaced him with Abner Mares. <laughs> Woggle eye. Yeah. That's terrible, isn't it, though? Fucking Woggle eye. Yeah, he's terrible, him. Uh, right, so uh, Peter James Morrison, <laughs> a good one for Fowler Holmes, uh, Blonde Bomber throwing one in, Joseph Ajayo, I liked that one too, a few for Joe Gallagher. Any from you, hated Dave Loback? Yeah, I've just got one, um, and I don't even know their name, the mysterious member of Canelo's team who said that, you know, Terry Harper was the fighter to watch. That was Hayden that came up with that shit. <laughs> Well, she is, isn't she, after the weekend, Dave? Great fighter. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, well, let's see her against Obernoff. See how, how many times she gets dropped before the towel gets thrown in. Yeah, let's see her against Obernoff again. Yeah, like that one behind closed doors if you want to. <laughs> she should have said, I will do worse than Obernoff. I will do worse than Obernoff. <laughs> Pretty hard to do that. <laughs> Rob, any from you? No, but did I tell you? I might have told you this one before. Andy, Andy saying about Abner Maris has me rolling. Like, cause when we were kids, my cousin, his family moved to Australia. And when he came back to Wexford, like, his eye was a bit turned, like, right? I don't know. Like, obviously, like, we hadn't seen him since he was a kid, but he had a turned eye. Like, he came back, his eye was a bit woggle eyed. Like, Andy said, like, <laughs> I wanted the lads used to call him. Crooked Eye Dundee because he had an Australian accent. <laughs> 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 every time I see him, he's a grown man with a child. Every time I see him, I say he's fucking Crooked Eye Dundee. I'll mean, uh... give you one. There was a kid there at, a kid there at school where he had a neck injury. He used to go about with a halo on. Right? He had it on for about nine months and stuff. And we used to call him fucking Brassneck. <laughs> see, 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 to this day, he stuff gets called Brassneck. Oh, you're Brassneck at Cuddy. <laughs> oh, fucking brilliant. Uh, on, on this theme, I'll throw one in finally as well. There used to be a guy who used to come in the library, and we, we always used to catch him watching porn on the laptop, and we found out that his name was Christian, so we coined him Porn Again Christian. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really boxing, but we're talking shite. Anyway, um, I don't know who I'm going to go for, Andy. Uh, persuade me, sell me. Um, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for like uh, Errol Spence for the titties, man. I mean, and if anybody can find the guy who came up with like, that comment that I used to wank to titties like that. <laughs> I want to give that a retweet. It was fucking tremendous. Uh, Rob, who you going for? <clears throat> Excuse me. It's got to be Spence, man. Just for the, just for that picture and the fact that he was off getting like live Instagram and that a coyote was after biting him on the leg. Why is not? Nothing is being made of this. Like his fucking behaviour is mental. What the fuck is he doing out with white coyotes where they might be going on the road, Errol? Like. We go out to the fucking to the desert where the coyotes are, like when you're on one with his big mad hair and all. Like, uh, who's he fighting? He's fought, he's made a fight against fucking Danny Garcia, isn't he? Like, this is 2020, man. Danny Garcia, fucking hell, like, I know he's come through a fucking plate glass window and all that, like, but that's just shocking, like that is, isn't it? But um, yeah, Errol Spence, man. Errol can get it this week. Big week for Errol. 
I'm more of an yeah. arse man myself, like, to be honest with you, but <laughs> look, fair play to him. You haven't seen his arse yet, Rob. But that'll be next week's Instagram. <laughs> uh, Ryan Garcia is a good one for me. I like Dr. Joseph Ajayo as well, but I think he's got to be Errol Spence. Who are you going for? Hey, to Dave. I was going to go for Peter James Morrison, the genius who had uh, Anthony Fowler and Larry Holmes sharing a jab. But uh, Errol Spence is a, is a worthy winner. Well done, Errol. Episode 385. You are the belly of the week. Well, let's finish up, boys, and get the hell out of here, shall we? Thank you to everyone who's been on tonight. Don't forget, if you like the show, uh, hit the subscribe button, like button, dislike button, whichever you want. Just let YouTube know. Let iTunes know that you love us. You want to be here every Sunday night, and you think that we're great. Rapping Rob Kelly certainly is, as is hated Dave Loback, Andy Patterson, Gabe. Don't know where he disappeared off to. We love him anyway. Rob Tebbett came on as well. Thank you to him. We'll catch you all again for episode 386. Same time, same place next week. And bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.